Hey there, it's Tardy to the Parties, Bill Modron, I'm Daniel Roos. With all pop culture holes, various pieces of media we missed the first time around. We also bounced back and forth between the Disney through the decade on the Disney app, but we're not going to talk about that this time. This time we're filling one of Bill's pop culture holes and we're talking about a movie because he saw some John Hughes and said, Ugh, and then he decided, hey, I want to see if he was still bad the next time Molly Ringwald starred in one of these things. Yeah, essentially. And so we watched 16K. I went no, to the John. Pretty in pink. <laughs> I went to the John Hughes buffet, took a big mm. heap of help into 16 candles, realized it was mm. filled with houseflies and maggots, and went, <laughs> well, that, that other pile of food over there seems to have slightly less flies and maggots in it. Let's try that instead. And so mm -hmm. I took a big heap and scoop of pretty of pink, two in the uh -huh. stink, and uh, <laughs> actually if they had, a, if they had a sequel to that, that's what they should have called it. Uh, yeah. and, no, it's supposed to be one of the stink that I'm already fucking that up. And so... Uh, it depends on how adventurous you are. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Uh, how many times you've done that before. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about the 1986 John Hughes classic for little girls. <laughs> Pretty and pink. <laughs> uh, did you end up watching this with your wife? No, I was... I was dead tired yesterday, so I didn't uh, okay. put it on. I just went to sleep you, and watched it this morning. You watched uh, 16 Candles with your wife, right? Correct. And I figured Kelsey would be of the age where... Did, is, does she care about 16 Candles or Pretty in Pink? She hasn't seen it since she was very young. Okay. So. She, likes... and she, hated, she hated Pretty in Pink to death. Really? Or 16 Candles oh, okay. to death. Oh, she's got taste then. There's a reason why you got married yeah. to her. Because um, she liked uh, Dirty Dancing and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, she's of that age. Kind of surprised she wasn't more up, because I know that's my only re re reference for Pretty in Pink is girls being all like, Oh, she should have wound up with Ducky! And blah, blah, mm. blah. And I mentioned this before on uh, our uh, 16 Candles episode that uh, I, I, I've seen Weird Science and Ferris Bueller and Breakfast Club a billion times, but for some reason I never got around to seeing the two Molly Ringwald-centric John Hughes movies. Uh, Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles, and they were two of the first movies I threw on my list when we started this podcast, and I just figured, I I, I, I have a whole bunch of old stuff on my list that I want to clear out all of a sudden, and so, yeah, I want to do uh, Sixteen, uh, Pretty in Pink is the second one on that list. Um, what did you think? Uh -huh. Um... <laughs> it has not improved my opinion of John Hughes. Because we went into this, you were already like, oh, John Hughes, ah, oh, yeah. Um, well, and this is not going to be the movie that turns it around for you, because this is... No. All this is is 16 Candles 2.0, with, like, a marginally more shape to the story and characters, and less racism, misogyny, and, and implied rape. And that's yeah. that's pretty much... It's got more Harry Dean Stanton, and more rich versus poor class stuff but still that doesn't really impact the plot too much um you can tell still to tell the story without the class issues it could just be that like people just hate uh Ducky, <laughs> so much hate because it's not like it's not like any it's it's not like it's not like there's a whole bunch of people who hate on a like andy Mc, oh, what's her name fucking Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell in this movie because she's poor. It's just like one. It's fucking Ultron hates her. Well, I guess Ultron's girlfriend hates her, too. But like, it's it like it's kind of a class thing, but it's not as widespread as you think it would be. Like, and there only seems to be like six kids who go to this high school, and so it doesn't it doesn't seem to be that kind of a white of a class struggle. It's just more person interpersonality it's, it's, thing. 
I don't know what this high school is either. Yeah. It seems like it's only for rich kids, but there's not just rich kids there. I don't know it's what's like, going well, on. It's, well, that's the thing. The rich kids in this movie are so stratospherically rich. You wonder why they're going to a public school. Because you've got, like, fucking Ultron's driving, like, a Lamborghini or whatever, and he's dressed like... He's got no socks. He's dressed like the Miami Vice. But he's going mm -hmm. to this grungy-ass school. And, like, everyone's surprised when they find out, like, the fucking... Uh, Andy McDowell's poor? And, like, don't they know... Don't they, yeah. don't they know these people know each other? I get skewed because I went to a high school with 200 kids, so, of course, everyone knew each other. And so I always underestimate how l large a normal high school can be where you have, like, maybe potentially thousands of kids going there. So, of course, maybe everyone doesn't know each other in intimately enough, but all these characters seem to be seniors and stuff like that. Like, it's so weird that, like, fucking Mannequin doesn't even realize... That fucking Andy McDowell. What, what's what's our actual name? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's the main lady's name in this movie? Redhead. Andy. Andy McDowell. Wait, no, her character. You know what? That's what it is. Her, her character's name is Andy. I wish Andy McDowell was. She, I she love is Andy Molly McDowell. Ringwald. The Molly actress is Molly Ringwald. Ringwald. With her face. I was reading up about this movie, and again, this is something that kind of got brought up in 16 Candles, where people were like, Molly Ringwald is such a fantastic actress. I feel like I'm taking fucking crazy pills. Because she's <laughs> terrible! She continues to be terrible in this! I saw the reviews where people were like, Oh, that ducky is a bit much, which he is. But then everyone's like, mm -hmm. Oh, applause. Congratulations for Molly Ringwald for, for being such a master thespian. And all she does is act, it's, she acts exactly the same as she does in every other movie where she's just a snotty kid. And this one, well, she's she just been, happens her, to be poor. Rest, yeah. Her resting face is petulant. <laughs> it so. is. And, like, she doesn't really act. She never emotes. She just kind of goes there and kind of sneers. Well, it doesn't help. She's Her face is naturally, yeah. Her, she does that thing where her teeth are always exposed. She, yeah, she looks like she's always kind of, like, in the middle of a petulant sneer. And she's not a good actress. And at least this movie has Harry Dean Stanton. At least this movie does. Okay, like I said, there's less racism, more fucked. And, and there's actual. It's this movie doesn't feel like it's as filled with as much random shit as Sixteen Candles. Mm -hmm. It's got like it's got improvements in the cast. Where it's got yeah, got it. I, I can't go too too hard on any movie that has Harry Dean Stanton in it because I love Harry Dean Stanton. It's got Annie Potts. I didn't realize Annie Potts was gonna be in this. Um, mm -hmm. which is especially weird, because she is, like, 40. <laughs> and I, I guess they excuse her being friends with uh, Molly Ringwald, because they happen to work together, because otherwise, why would well, these people be friends? But She's only 13 years older than Ducky. How old's Ducky? What do you think about Ducky? Uh, this is, this Ducky is... sucks ass. <laughs> the thing. Well, that's the one thing I really know about this movie, is everyone's like, oh, why didn't she end up with Ducky? Ducky is a piece of shit. He is Ducky is a horrible garbage. I the the one thing that kind of made sense of Ducky for me a little bit. I saw that uh, Molly Ringwald had said that she suspects that Ducky was gay, and mm. if you if you view it through that through that prism, where because uh, maybe we should just get into the you just wanted to start the blow blow blow. Sure, we can sure, start talking sure. about the explanation yeah, 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 that yeah, stuff yeah. because yeah because. Yeah, we got plenty of shit to talk about with this. I mean, we have the nothing, movies... but also plenty of stuff, but yeah. Yeah, the movie starts out very subtle to let you know that Andy lives on the wrong side of the track. <laughs> she literally lives on the... I didn't realize it was going to be that literal. 
Because you see the movie, it pans over train tracks. Yeah, and like the first thing you see in the movie is like a garbage truck collecting garbage, which is a little bit unfair because there's garbage trucks go everywhere. But I think I think it was a street sweeper. A street yeah. sweeper, but you literally do see later she is like literally like on the, like living a block away from the, the, the tracks, and she's the wrong side of yeah. Yeah. Um, and she lives in a little but shoebox watch, house. Watch this teenager pull on her stockings. This is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at least while they were 17, so it's not that bad, like in the last movie where she's only like 15 or whatever, but yeah. Well, we needed something to distract from her terrible haircut. Oh, yeah, she got that bob. Wait, man, this is. <laughs> speaking of fashion, man, this may be the most 80s movie I've ever seen in my life. It seems like a parody mm. of the 80s because you get. Uh, it, it's it's getting into the la- later half of the 80s where things got really beige, especially with the, like, rich people. And, mm-hmm. like, it's not like the fun mid-80s or even the kind of grungy where the 80s were still kind of the 70s and kind of, like, neon and fun and, and pop. This is getting into, like, the shitty, like, early 90s, early 80s, uh, late 80s, where it's all, like, uh, yeah, like, and her clothing is all just, I, because the movie's called Pretty in Pink, so, of course, everything she owns is all pink and stuff like that, but, um... I did say someone point out, too, that actually, technically, pink is the last thing you should put a redhead in. Because it always makes redheads mm. look kind of like extra pale and fucked up. If anything, it should be like a bold color, like 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 green or something like that. But Anyway, but yeah, she lives in a shitty house with her dad. Yeah. Um, she makes him coffee, wakes him up at 7.30, tells him to go find a job. He's Harry Dean Stanton. Mm-hmm. Which, that's when you all you want need to show, know. When you want to show somebody's lower income, <laughs> nothing like a human flesh just thrown on top of a skeleton loosely. I wish he still I wish he still lived there with Yafik Kodo from Alien. So mm. they still had actually it would be great if Yafik Kodo actually played Molly Ringwald's character and don't change the script at all. It's just like this this big chunky black guy, Yafik Kodo, just going through going through all the same motions. But yeah, 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 Harry Dean Stanton is such great <laughs> casting shorthand for Yeah, this family's all like moneyless and fucked up and disheveled and stuff like that. But yeah. He's good in the film, but he's just Harry Dean Stanton he uh, He's one of those people, too, who never really has to act. He just kind of shows up and is, is himself in the film. But it's always a plus yeah. with him because everyone loves Harry Dean Stanton. You know? mm-hmm. He asks her if she has a date to prom yet, and she's like, no, boo. <laughs> sulky, sulky, yeah. And I can't tell if her outfit is a disaster by current day standards or if it was always a disaster. The movie kind of paints it like she's a little bit of an oddball. That like her co- like his like they they kind of, kind of drive home the point that she's like designing her own outfits and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. but yeah, exactly every everyone in this movie dresses like such a maniac. It's hard to tell if she's supposed to be any more special than anyone else. Yeah, the fucking main love interest wearing a sweater with like a. Uh, a linen blazer on top of it. The, the giant shoulder pads and the sockless shoes, were... like sockless oh. loafers. It is choice. It is. I was gonna say what was up with the '80s, but it was cocaine. It was cocaine, especially with these kids. You know, it was cocaine. Like I can't come (laughs) out and say it, but like, of course, yeah. I can't believe it's just them drinking beer at that shitty party they go to later. Like they should all just be eating canfuls of cocaine, like it's (laughs) fucking brownie batter. Yeah. Some Uh, handsome guy stares at her, and and as well as this dork ducky, and together her and this. Ducky guy looked like a thrift store exploded God. and just yeah they they just wallowed in it. It's funny because like she's got this hat. They they're both wearing like these little pork pie hats. They look like they're part of this. Like yeah, they look like they're 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 kind of like Tom Waits impersonators who got covered in glue and were forced to walk through a junk store 
and have to wear every mm-hmm. bit of stuff that's stuck to their clothes while they walk through the junk store? Because, like, yeah, they're both just... I guess this is supposed to be, like, the new wave fashion in, in like, 1985, but it's, 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 you know, and then Ducky shows up and he's got glasses and it's Ducky, man. Like, we'll get into oh, him because his, his actions speak for themselves, but he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so they talk their friends? <laughs> it's kind of the... That should be the cover of the box. What's the picture of the old guy who's shrugging? That's a meme. It just yeah. it's in a pretty pink. It's just pretty pink scratched out. And it just says they're friends, I guess. I guess. Uh, he's constantly talking about how much he wants to stick his dick in her ass, and she's always, "Oh, mm-hmm. ducky." And that's no. That's she's their see, whole she's more annoyed dynamic. than that. It's, it's, I, I... It seems like she's just putting up with him. That's the Sometimes... weird thing. But sometimes not. Sometimes they're like best buds, but sometimes they're not. I don't know. Well, I always heard this movie was about like an unrequited relationship, and that's why everyone wanted her to get with Ducky in the end. So I assumed that this movie would be about Ducky kind of like suffering in silence. Not that he would show up in every scene and just start talking about how much he wants to... He doesn't, he's not talking about how much he wants to bang her, but he is very like, hey, baby, let's go out and date tonight. Like, you know, he's very, he's not hiding the fact that he has a crush on her. Well, she just kind of rolls her eyes and goes, oh, ducky, and, like, barely puts up with the shit. But they don't even seem to be necessarily that friendly with each other, even before shit starts to happen in the movie. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of showing up, like, I I guess it is supposed to be showing the fact that, that, like, they've known each other since they were little kids their entire lives. And so it's, I guess she's not supposed to be necessarily tired of him, but it is, like, something that's been going on for so long that he's kind of become just white noise in her life. But... (laughs) Watching this for the first time, though, it just seems like he's being a dick and she can apparently put up with him. And that's not a great yeah. start for their relationship in this movie, especially if you're supposed to be yeah. crying about how sad everything is about by the end of the movie, but yeah. Mm-hmm. The class bell rings, and they split, and then he goes and hits on two girls telling them, Hey, I may be able to work out a deal where you can get pregnant by the holidays. Oh, Jesus. And they slap them. Yeah, and righteously he gets slapped. And thankfully, that's, like, the worst thing he says in this movie, but it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. I know we're judging this by 2020 standards, and this is still not nearly as bad as 16 Candles, but it's a little, like, Jesus Christ, fucking ducky. Okay, Jesus. Get over yourself. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, he sucks ass. He's... You know what? The Actually, I like his performance. I like what Ducky's... The guy playing Ducky's trying to do. Uh, but supposedly, he drove everyone else in the cast nuts. Like, supposedly, like, he... Both uh, Molly Ringwald and... Oh, the guy who plays Mannequin were just really just annoyed by his shit, which doesn't seem to be a hard thing to do, because Molly Ringwald seems to be inherently kind of humorless and boring. <laughs> like, I was watching the behind-the-scenes mm. of stuff of this and, and Pretty and, and Sixteen Candles, and she just seems, like, boring and lame. Um, yeah. Hey, is this classified as a comedy? I guess so. What's the funniest thing that's supposed to happen in this movie? I don't know. Because you know Sixteen Candles There's, is a comedy just because, I, like... That's so racist, you can tell that's trying to be a comedy, but this is more... It's a romantic comedy, I guess. I guess? It's not really drama, though, because it's not that dramatic. It's... it's, I guess it's just a teen comedy. I guess? But it's still not, like, that funny, like, compared to, like, Better Off Dead or something like that. It's not trying that hard to be that funny. Which we should be thankful, because, like we've seen, whenever John Hughes tries to get funny, shit can get weird Mm. real fast. So... (laughs) Um, I guess. But, yeah. So, um, in class, she doesn't fit in because she's not blonde and 40 like everybody else in her 
Well, specifically, uh -huh. again, it's not like the entire class here. Just these, just these two random blonde ladies who are just, like, sneering at her and saying shit under their breath. And I think, is this the thing where, like, the teacher threatens to punish the blonde ladies fucking with her? And then yeah, she's so like, she was like, hey, you leave that girl alone, and, and you are going to think about how you leave her alone when you do a page worth of homework. And then Molly's like, you don't have to give them a page of homework. And they're like, oh, we want it. And I thought they were going to like be forcing her to do their homework for them, which is why they wanted no, it. They, I didn't no, they just that. They were just like, we'll take the homework. I, I was I, like, what's this? I mean, okay. they're they just doing the thing where they're driving home the fact that like Molly Ringwald having gotten... Uh, well, not that Molly Ringwald got, the, got them into trouble, they got themselves into trouble, but Molly Ringwald's just trying to withdraw herself from the entire situation, because she knows whatever she does to piss off these girls is going to come back and fuck her up more, so she's trying to defuse the situation, like, like take back, like, you know, the punishment that those girls have righteously earned for themselves, but it just kind of digs a deeper hole, and it just kind of shows how she's just been, these girls have had it out for her, presumably, the entire time they've known each other while they're in the school together, but... But again, also yeah. these yeah, these girls are also rich. How do they go to the same school? Like it just seems like, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm. I mean, that's one of the things where because again, I went to a high school where the like class issues weren't too much of a thing. Race issues and maybe another thing. But like there was not like the divisions between the people weren't quite so much like who's got money and who doesn't. And so mm -hmm. this is all kind of like I can understand appreciate where it's come uh, where it's, it's coming from, but like. The rich are so super rich in this movie. It's like I don't understand how the school. It's even like works. they're from another John Hughes movie with the main <laughs> character. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, um, but anyway. Anyhow, so Dal finishes up, and um, outside the school, it's James Spader, and he's <laughs> next to a Porsche. And he's all cool, like only James Spader can be what, cool. What do you which know is James Spader Hollywood, from? Which. Which is what Hollywood... James Spader is what Hollywood thinks is cool, but isn't actually cool. No, yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I always got the feeling that James Spader kind of knows that. Because, like, he always mm. seems to be so, like... Like, he seems to be self-aware of, like, how evil he's supposed to be. Because his mm -hmm. characters are always such de walleye dead-eyed fuckos. That, like, mm -hmm. I always thought, like, when he was cast as Ultron in the Avengers movie, I thought, always thought that was great casting, because even though you don't get to see him, he's such, a, like, a, kind of a sardonic, kind of, like, uh, attitude. Yeah. Which, that even carries through his vocal performance. I don't know. I, I don't... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Uh, but... I'll remember. I... I was just... I was just... <laughs> <laughs> trying to get my... Uh, a lot of thoughts about this movie. Um, well, I, then he, but I haven't seen James Spader on a ton of stuff. I've seen him in this Mannequin. Have you ever seen Mannequin? He was in Mannequin? Yeah. Which is funny because Mannequin, I guess, was made immediately after this, which stars both Andrew McCarthy. And the two rich guys in this movie are in that movie. He is the... The part it's been a, it's been literally like twenty five years since I've seen. Oh, Mannequin. it's been like thirty and years. If I since remember I've correctly, seen he is the department store like assistant manager. Like hmm. he's he's not the head villain in that movie, but he's like the he's like the the, the he's it's kind of like the opposite of this character. Instead of like he's more like uptight with glasses, being like he's he's kind of coming down on on Andrew McCarthy uh, uh, on behalf of the actual owners of the department store. Um, hmm. but yeah, I'm trying to think what else I know. The, my, <laughs> whenever I think of Jay Spader, the one thing I always remember is, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
But literally the first thing that happens in the very first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer are Buffy the Vampire Slayer and some of her girlfriends are talking about how delicious, how hot James Spader is. And they're like, oh, that yeah. James Spader, he's got to give me a call. And even in 1997, it was like, what? And now that is aged so hilariously poorly. If you watch that shit now, you're like, are they talking about James Spader? What was James Spader ever that much of a sex idol to anyone? Like, what was he in that would cause any girl to be like, oh, I've got to masturbate to James Spader? Uh, maybe he was in something that I missed, but <laughs> I don't know. Secretary? Wait, wait, he was in Secretary? Yeah, he was the boss in Secretary. Oh, he's the main dude who does all the spanking and everything? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. no. I, I guess I was when I saw Secretary, I wasn't paying attention to that part. Um, mm. Who's the lady in Secretary? He, uh, what's her name? The, the cheek lady. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I'm just the cheek lady. No, shut up. I okay. Get Jill uh, Hall. Yeah, yeah, the, other, yeah the, the 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 gender swapped uh, Jill and Hall. Yeah, uh, the lady who always looks like she's melting a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has the those one that eyes. People are like, she's attracted to I'm like, really? Because it looks like her face is sliding off. That's the thing. James Spader, really? That's the couple in Secretary? Because James Spader, he's got that nose, and he's always starting off in 15 different directions. You got her, she always looks like someone's pu like pulling down her face to make an ugly face, but her, but like her face got stuck that way. Oh, God, says the fat guy who looks far worse than any of those two beautiful Hollywood celebrities. Oh, me too. Uh, anyway. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Well, okay, I didn't realize James Spader is actually in stuff. Okay. Anyway, yeah, James Spader's rich. Stargate, too. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah, he rich. She got Porsche. She's been trying to pick up on Andy for four years, but she's like, you girls know. You have money. Ew. Yeah. And I guess he has a thing for girls who dress like blind grandmas. <sighs> That's, I guess, maybe because she's like one of the last conquests he hasn't had in the school yet or I something guess. like that. Um, yeah, she also... tells him to buzz off and he calls her a bitch. Okay, yeah. see a doctor because that condition could get worse. <laughs> and I think I figured out why she doesn't want to date you, my dude. Yeah, my dude. Which suggests that everyone does know each other if he's been hounding her for four years. like, and, Which kind of I... does not explain why Blaine doesn't realize that she's not rich later. I don't know, I don't man. Know. Is she ever dressed like she was rich? Like, Anyway. So at her after-school job is working at a record store with Annie Potts. Yay! Yeah. She's stapling, not uh, Annie Potts is stapling records to the ceiling and being a punk. You can tell because her hair is spiky. <laughs> it is the most. And, but she didn't do a very good job because it's it's all lopsided and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's yeah it's 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 the Hollywood made '80s idea of punk where she yeah, she just got just a bunch of shit in her hair and she's just 40 and I guess the idea is that because she's older she's just chasing trends. Cause she like I don't realize she was supposed to be old enough that she's talking about how all the drugs she did in the '60s and stuff, which granted in the 1985 that was only like 15 years before this, but still they make her like I don't, think, I don't think any pot's supposed to be that old, right? But anyway, but no, I I don't know. She because at one point she says that um, Molly Ringwald's butt is 13 years younger than hers. Oh, okay, that's an issue. Well, so she's so not I'm, that old. I guess that not old no. enough to be her mom technically, even though she kind of fulfills kind of a weird mom role model for Molly Ringwald in this movie. And that's one actually one of the most interesting things in this movie is the fact that like you almost never see stories about like where the mom left. Not that it's say that's it doesn't true. happen, but that that's not necessarily a dynamic that Hollywood ever likes to explore. It's not like that's explored really deeply in this movie, but I did think that, I think that was kind of interesting. And the fact that you've got Harry Dean Stanton 
at home all bombed out. And I do like... This is one of the things I do like about this movie a lot better than Sixteen Candles, in that uh, Molly Ringwald has a more sharply defined character in this movie, whereas in, in Sixteen Candles she was just rich and she was just horny for a guy, and that was the extent of her character. At least in this shows that she's poor and she's having to put up with these rich folks, and she's got this dad who's wallowing in his own self-misery that she's essentially taken care of. And it does suggest a kind of inner strength, even though we don't get to see her show that inner strength much in this movie, it does suggest a more interesting character than what she was in the last movie we saw her in. And even though Molly Ringwald is terrible at articulating all this because she's a terrible, <laughs> terrible actress, the situation should just suggest a more interesting character than, than what we saw her in last time. And especially, yeah, she's got this kind of like um, mentor-mother relationship with this, with this, yeah, Annie Potts, who I answers the phone. I don't know if it's supposed to be a joke, but she answers someone calls the the record store, and she answers the phone exactly like she does in Ghostbusters. Which I don't know if that's supposed to be a joke or that's just how Annie Potts always answers the phone. Says, "What do you want?" But mm. also, fucking, while I'm watching it now, Molly Ringwald is dressed like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's got the, like, mm-hmm. this black dress, this white collar. The least hip thing you could be wearing at a record shop in 1986. Jesus Christ. Oh, everything in this movie is the least hip thing. Because it's always the Hollywood version of, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think? I don't know, man. Uh, the 80s were a blur. Um, so, yeah. Uh, she Andy asks her if she went to her prom, and she's like, yeah, and it sucked. But you gotta go. You gotta go. And that's so punk of her, saying you gotta go to your prom. <laughs> that's a good point, well, that's the thing. I, I assume she's just playing punk rather than being punk. Because she's supposed to be an actual punk. She's terrible at it. Mm-hmm. Oh. She's not so terrible at shooting children in the face with a staple gun. I do like the kids like, that was just an inch from my eye. And she says, half an inch. Get out of here. And he runs out. Um, did you go to... Oh, they've actually got a um, the specials sticker right in front of the, the uh, cash register. Um, I guess out of all the records in this place, there'd have to be something relating to something that I actually do like. Uh, well, did you go to, to prom when you were in high school? Well, since I was homeschooled, that would have been weird. Oh. Oh, I forgot <laughs> No. Oh, so no, I'm glad to see we're both kind of aliens to this whole high school thing. My prom, my, my friends and I, we went bowling instead. Prom night. That we specifically better. had, like, anti-prom. It was just an excuse on a Friday night to go, yeah, just hang out. And I think we played, like, D&D or something like that instead. Or, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. No, I've never heard good things about prom. It's, it's always like, yeah, it was, it was a thing that happened. That's, like, one, it's super expensive because you have to, like, rent tux and you have to buy a ticket to the prom and then that's always expensive. And just the social obligations. And I've never seen anyone in real life get involved with prom where it wasn't just really disappointing or really expensive and just kind of a headache so that's why we were more than glad just to go out bowling and shoot the shit with our well, me and my friends that yeah. night so you know so this guy Blaine a dreamy guy comes in and keeps looking at her and he's crushing on her yeah. and while the punk lady argues on the phone with somebody and he buys a record and he wants to ask crap but he doesn't have the guts and so he leaves I do and like he's, he's it's it's it is he's not being all wobbly neat or anything like that. He's not being like oh, it is literally legitimately cute meat cute where he like grabs like a Lawrence Welk album and he's like, what do you think about this? And she's like, oh, this is one of her hippest albums. And obviously she's being sarcastic, but he's just using it as an excuse to flirt with her, and it's also an excuse for him to come back and flirt with her more when he when he starts quote unquote complaining about the album, I guess or whatever. But yeah. Man, are you saying Lawrence Welk ain't him? Was he the guy with the bubble machine? 
Yeah. It's not that guy, but it's somebody like that. I don't no, know if there's supposed to be more of a joke. Because no. I know John Hughes. John Hughes did not direct this movie. He only wrote it, but I know he's pretty specific with all of his musical call-outs and stuff in his script. So I don't know if there's... I don't know, maybe that record actually is supposed to be secretly hip or something like that. I don't know, but like, the co- it's just like, it's just a cover of like, it's some dude in the 60s. Like, his hands resting on his chin, so I can't imagine it's a very interesting album, but yeah. No. So, uh, he buys the record and leaves, and then later she's at some place called Cats. It's a bar where the rave ups are performing. Oh my god, so I guess this They'll is, be famous forever. This is a fucking terrible band, and I had to look them up. I guess the only reason they got this gig it was because it was uh, they were Molly Ringwald's favorite band, uh, to the point that even in Sixteen Candles she's walking around with a binder for half the movie that where she like wrote the the, the Rave Ups logo on the side of the binder as like a free ad for that band, and so I guess when it came time to film this she was like oh can we get the Rave Ups to to, to be the band at the bar and it's just like this most milk toast fucking like. I don't know what Aren't kind they of the music. the ones that sung Pretty in Pink? No, but I think they're trying mm. to be ska because they've got this guy who's got a saxophone, but he's not actually playing it. So I don't know what the fuck uh-huh. that is. Which would kind of fit the new yeah. wave tone of what this movie's supposed to be, but whatever they're doing, it's not very good. But yeah, but Andy's at the bar. It's a, such a dive bar. It's people like her that don't have money. Yeah, is yeah. she? Give me a bunch of a bar. I, forget, I know this becomes a little bit of a thing. I guess she gets in because she has an, another older friend who's not Andy Potts. Uh, yeah. But this, because everyone's like her friend is drinking Budweiser, so it's an actual club. So I don't know how is that how how the hell did Andy get in? Did they even address that? No, I think it's just Andrew Joyce Clay that has a thing for her. Oh, that's the like, thing. He likes her as a kid. It cuts out. Ducky's hanging out, and they, they establish the thing that Ducky's always trying to get into this club with Andy. But uh, mm-hmm. the, the Andrew Joyce Clay. That's what it is. That's. Andrew Dice Clay always lets Andy in, but he always forces Ducky to stay yeah, at the door. To get away from Ducky. Ducky. Again, like, <laughs> yeah, it's one. her safe space from this poor idiot. I'll never say this. Oh, this is the first time I've ever said this in my life, and this will be the last time i ever saved in my life, too. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Webber here was... Wait, not... <laughs> What's his fucking name, Andrew Dice Clay? Andrew Dice Clay was right. <laughs> Ducky's a uh-huh. fucking perv, needs to stay the fuck away from Andy. And... Uh, of course, after 16 Candles, seeing Andrew Dice Clay show up in this movie, was like, oh, God, what is he going to say? And no, he's actually, I mean, he's doing his Andrew Dice Clay shtick, where he's like, hey, I'm a pizza here. But he is all like, <laughs> <laughs> he's giving her advice about, like, she's obviously not into you. You got to move on and do something. But, like, yeah, that's not, it's not a huge thing or anything like that. But No. So, uh, yeah, that's how he tells Ducky, stop it. And then she gives Ducky a ride home when she comes out. On the way, she talks about how fucking awesome all the big houses are and how she really wants to live in one. Well, he prattles on about the music sucking on the radio. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Ducky, shut the hey, fuck up. Hey, remember, she's poor. She doesn't live in a big is, mansion. And I think she's specifically in front of Blaine's house, Ultron's house, mm. that we see later that she goes to the party to. And, and, and I, I do, it is a sentiment that I like where she says, like, look at that house. I don't know if she's they stop there specifically because she knows that Blaine lives there? Or if it's just a... No, Blaine... No, Blaine is Andrew McCarthy. Steph is the name of James Spader's character. Yeah, I, was... I just call him James Spader. Yeah, James Spader. Um, I don't know if she's supposed to know that James Spader lives there, but I do like the sentiment that because she's so poor, she's like, oh, like, like these people will never appreciate this house as half as much as I would. And, which, you know, that's kind of true, but... 
that's the same. That's, that's kind of the most class struggle scene in the movie in terms of like her wanting for something that she can't have materialistically. Yeah. So. You know what she can have, though? She can have a computer lab with computers that work like no computers in the 80s worked. Oh, uh, this is, yeah, 80s magical computers where... Um, it's running a program that is all at once a word program, a chat program, and an image viewer. Yeah, and an image viewer where, like, you send someone a photo and it kind of like this, this Super Mario World, uh, whenever you leave and enter, like, the world map kind of mosaic, like, transitions and mm -hmm. shit like that, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised. Like, I mean, for 1985, though, it's still kind of forward-thinking, like having a computer with yeah. a computer lab, or like, having a high school with a computer lab. But the, co the computer talks to her, says, "Hey, you want to chat?" And she's like, "Ducky, fuck off!" And it's like, "Who ducky?" The and it turn, and then she's like, "Do you know who I am?" And it sends her a photo of her, and then she's like, "Who you be?" And it turns out it's Blaine. The oh, hot and he's like guy? sitting like right, right, in, uh, right across from her. And he stands up mm -hmm. and he's like, meh. And then they, then they both go, meh. <laughs> <laughs> they start licking each, each other's other. faces like dogs. Mm. Wait, dogs don't do that. They lick each other's butts. But <laughs> she's very happy to see him. So, like, this, yeah. is, this is the first real confirmation that she's actually into him as much as she's into her. Because she gets all so like, elsewhere, Yeah. Elsewhere, Ducky talks to um, Andy's dad about how he's going to marry her someday. And dad lays some truth on Ducky. is like, hey, you Okay, you can love Andy as much as you want, but you can't make her love you back, just like my wife. Fucking, I mean, that is nice shorthand of, like, you, you kind of need a scene between Ducky and, and, and Andy's dad just to get his perspective on the situation, but this is just yet another <laughs> step in the parade of people telling Ducky to, like, calm, calm the fuck down, she's not into you. Yeah. Go do something else with your time. And when fucking... <laughs> <laughs> when Harry Dean Stand is presented as the most fucked up person in this movie, and even he's like smarter about this than Ducky, it's like, oh Christ, Ducky, come the fuck on, yeah. Uh, it is yeah. nice though, because they are just like <laughs> drinking beers out in front of the house. It's almost like something from King of the Hill. We've got a dog with them, and yeah, like mm -hmm. it's 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 cute. And you yeah. mentioned how you were surprised I wasn't more wound up by the class struggle stuff in 16 Candles and this is one of the things mm. right it is rare to see poor people in a John Hughes movie um god yeah. forbid he ever actually put a black person in any of his fucking movies but at least I'll take a couple of poor white people at least that's, that's, that's most I'm ever gonna get, get out of a John Hughes movie but yeah this is probably the poorest moment in any John Hughes movie where you got two people sitting in the it's lawn chairs drinking well, beers it on, was, it, on was, lawn. it was fucking so hard of him to write poor people and not have them be like criminals or taggers or something, yeah, something like, like a that, breakfast yeah. club. <laughs> well, but you know what, he, actually, that's true, I guess, yeah. Well, I'm trying to think, is anyone else in that movie's... Well, we don't know what... But also, I don't... I don't think there was a real thing in the 80s where people were like, oh, you're rich and I'm poor. There's no way we can date. That's the thing. And, well, I can see that being more of a heightened thing in high school because any kind of like class struggles like this I are really nice, nice. But where it's all like, yeah, I can't. Well, especially this movie is specifically not so much like we can't date, but we can't date because our friends won't approve. Like, what kind of fucking mm -hmm. friends do you have? Which is kind of the point of this movie a little bit, but they never really address it. It just like, it just gets a... Does anyone does James Spader ever get his comeuppance in this movie? Yes, but no. Oh, uh, we'll get to that. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, back at the record store, Blaine comes in with his cool, cool jacket. They talk awkwardly. <laughs> he takes and then five minutes to get through the off. door because the shoulder pads are so wide. <laughs> he has to like turn <laughs> sideways. Oh shit. <laughs> 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Alarm goes off, she gotta go deal with it. Ducky set it off by walking in the back door or whatever. James Spader comes in and talks to Blaine, and I guess they're friends. Oh no, a love triangle or square or whatever. Something, something, yeah. Well, not even really triangle. Yeah, it's not like he was ever in love with Andy, but like Blaine, uh, James Spader. Oh, fuck yeah. James Spader was never, he just wanted to fuck her, obviously. Like, but, yeah. Yeah. And then he, yeah, so they could leave together, Spader and Blaine, and um, she comes out and they're all gone. And all oh, that's man. right. Was, was, had, had he come back to pick her up for a date? I can't remember. No, he just came back to talk to her and ask her out or whatever. That's what it is. And it's fucking James Spader's all like, what do you want? I don't think James Spader knows that he's there. What are you doing? Shopping for records? What is this, the 80s? Yeah, he, I don't think he knows that he's there to pick up Andy. Or, like, no. hit on Andy. He's just there. To, he just sees, like, uh, fucking mannequins, like, hanging out in the window, which is ironic because he's, a, he's from Anakin and he's hanging out in the window. Shut up, Bill. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, but they, they he, like, uh, James Spader is eventually browbeats and Andrew McCarthy into leaving, and Andy gets all upset because, like, they're, they're gone, and does she and mm -hmm. Ducky yell, have an argument or something like that? No, she just sets the alarm off again, and she's like, ugh, and he leaves. So, yeah. Again, just Ducky and just showed she... up to be a dick and leaving. Yeah, well, yeah, and then she gets home, and her fucking messages are all filled up with Ducky, <sighs> saying, like, it's been two minutes, I'm calling again, he's such a loser. <sighs> Good gravy. <sighs> and the next morning, her dad is cooked up before her, it's rare, cooking eggs, he says he got a job, hurrah, hurray, hurrah. This is the big thing, she, she, she's been browbeating him about trying to go out and get work. Uh, mm -hmm. they never established how long it's been since their, uh, his mo the, her mom has left. It can't be. Two years. Is it just, well, okay, I must, must have missed that. I was going to say, could, it couldn't have been that long if he's still looking for work and this bombed out about having her left. Because I thought maybe, like, this is a thing, like, maybe she had left, like, maybe a decade earlier or something like that. Okay, that makes no, more sense. No, they say two years. Oh, okay. And it's still ridiculous oh. that he can't even bother to look for work, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. At school, Blaine gets judged in the thrift store area of the school where she hangs out. And, and <laughs> he's acting all fidgety but finally asks her out this friday and he asks where she lives and she's oh she's ashamed and says he can just pick her up from her job what is it with everyone hmm. is this supposed to be like the nerdy part because like yeah they're, they're 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 like hanging out in this like little bright little like little outdoor smoking nook where everyone's wearing mm -hmm. tailored jackets with the sleeves rolled up and pork pie hats this is mm -hmm. such a this is the, laser this is specific a... lookbook. Everyone's wearing the same costume. It's really weird. Yeah, it's so he doesn't fit in. Yeah, it's funny because he's all wearing pastels because he's doing the rich night late nineteen eighties thing of like soft pastels and shoulder pads. Yeah. Oh mm -hmm. god. Yeah. So um, let's see. So she's like, oh yeah, pick me up at my job. And then inside, Jane Spader talks to Blaine. He's like, I saw you talking to Andy. And he calls her a mutant. And, and, and stay away from her, because she's not cool. Hey, at least she knows how to button up a shirt the entire way, you weirdo. Okay, okay, this is not the big confrontation scene that happens later no. in school. Yeah. And just setting the stakes that, like, Blaine... Does has it out for Andy? Or no, is not that Blaine. It's fucking Jay Spider. At the time where you just didn't fucking button half the buttons. On that your was shirt? the thing, man. I like, I yeah, I was only a couple years older than you at the time, but I remember that was a specific. I think everyone was specifically doing the like the Don Johnson thing, and that was the mm. kind of look with like the like the the, the sockless oh. loafers and the like, uh, like half button shirts and the, the light colored clothing. Everything's like like very light cotton. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's... Yeah. So... I guess Andy's tutoring Ducky or something? Because they're hanging out in her room together? And she, yeah, that, she, this is what they just do all the time. Because, like I said, they grew yeah. up together, so they're just always hanging. I mean, I, yeah. they are trying to well, like, tutor this, each other over Yeah, school. but this is before you find that out. So you're like, are they friends? Or what's the yeah. deal? Ill-defined relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, you must be... She, she basically calls him an idiot because he's. it seems like he's trying to hold himself back. That's how dumb this fucker is. He's trying to stay in high school, so okay, she so... leaves to get them drinks, and he talks to himself about how I mean, he loves her so much, and he just wants to be with her, he just wants to tell her all, oh, he sings. And then she comes back and hands him his juice box. But oh, he that's the thing, she like, starts right, getting him a juice box like he's fucking four. And she hears through, like, mm -hmm. the radiator that he's singing to himself how much he loves her. And... Mm -hmm. He yeah he, he goes on this whole monologue about how if he ever tells her how much he he loves her she's just gonna laugh at him despite the fact that all he ever does is tell her how much he loves her mm -hmm. I don't this is this is the thing I just don't get about Ducky that like I, I going into this movie I assume that Ducky the whole thing with Ducky was like this, this quiet unrequited love thing which I could totally get but the fact that his whole character is nothing about talking about I get the idea that like okay. Maybe he's talking about how maybe he he needs to like tell her seriously, but it's not like she's not aware of how he feels. In fact, like both both uh fucking Andy McDowell and fucking Annie Potts, they kind of like joke about how much like he can't stop fucking gushing over her. So it's not like she yeah. she doesn't it's not like she doesn't know how he feels. Maybe he could be taking this more seriously and actually specifically ask her out. But it's so weird that the movie paints us as a giant unrequited love that, like, and the fact that he keeps on stopping himself and like, oh, I've got to learn to tell her how to, the way she feels. And, like, especially this scene where, like, as soon as, like, he just spends the whole, the scene telling, joking about, uh, with her about how much she needs to date him. And as soon as she leaves, he flops down on her bed and he's like, oh, I got to tell her how, she, how I feel. It's like, motherfucker, what have you been doing for the rest of the movie? Like, what? Like, I don't understand how he works. And... No. Uh, and I, I don't understand how Andy puts up with it, too, because it's so incessant, <laughs> yeah. and the movie just paints him as being so annoying to her, too. Mm -hmm. do, do you think that maybe movie is intentionally painting him? That's what I don't do understand. You think they were do you think they're trying to be charming? I think them? they're trying to be charming, but, like, he's so incessant about hammering her about how much he loves her, even if it's just joking. It just becomes really clingy and weird. And I'll, this is what I meant to get into before we're, I guess, in an interview... Uh, in, like, 2009, I guess, uh, Molly Ringwald, she says she always interpreted this as John Cryer's character uh, being gay. And that's why, A, Andy McDowell, fucking Molly Ringwald, was never really specifically threatened or took all of these advances seriously. And, B, hmm. this would explain why Ducky is... It's not so much Battle Andy fits. McDowell, but he's, like, clinging onto this image of heterosexuality it's it and he's just mm. kind of clinging to uh molly ringwald as just a kind of a life preserver and that's why he won't let himself like he's got bigger issues than just being in love with andy mcdowell that he's fixating on andy on molly ringwald so he doesn't have to deal with being gay granted i'm sure that psychology doesn't work in real life but that to me actually does kind of like if 
that 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 does make more relationship um, more, make more sense out of the relationship than anything actually within the film and mm -hmm. i don't know it's 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 but it's for a movie that the the fundamental relation to this movie is Mahler Ringwald and Dougie it, but it just it just doesn't work and it's funny cuz i saw that like i guess I, there's a whole thing too about how i originally there was supposed to be this goes into this is part of the reason why I wanted to keep on doing John Hughes movies beyond Sixteen Candles was mm -hmm. uh, reading about Sixteen Candles. Uh, supposedly, the genesis of all these other teen comedies that John Hughes wrote was he was so excited by the success of Sixteen Candles, he was like, "Okay, this is great. I want to write more teen comedies for Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall." And he was like, "I'm going to write a whole bunch of screenplays, and you guys are going to star in them." And, It'll be kind of like the Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney comedies from the 1930s, where, like, you guys will be in each one of these comedies, and you'll always play different roles, but it'll be similar dynamics where you guys are always in love with each other, or there's love triangles and stuff like that. And, um, I guess he threw a fit, because after a couple of those movies, both Molly Ringwald and Anthony Mugg Paul were like, we don't want to be pigeonholed, we can't be in these movies for the rest of our lives. And so when mm -hmm. they started declining to be in his future movies, he threw a fit. Uh, or John Hughes threw... I guess it doesn't even seem like he threw a fit, but he just stopped communicating with Molly Ringwald and Anthony Mike Hall and never talked to them again until he died. Like, he just, mm. that, he, like, he just like, totally shut off communication and stuff like that. But there was a whole thing about how the, the process of Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall kind of walking away from John Hughes was kind of a slow one. Pretty in Pink was written where Ducky was supposed to be Anthony Michael Hall. That was the first time Anthony Michael Hall had to, like, say, hey, like, I don't want to be in this movie because I feel like I'm being pigeonholed. You're going to have to find someone else. And so I guess originally mm -hmm. they talked to Robert Downey Jr., who had just starred in Weird Science for John Hughes. And I guess when Molly Ringwald signed on to this movie, it was supposed to be Robert Downey Jr. And she always thought that, okay, like, the Ducky character made sense with, like, that kind of Robert Downey Jr. energy. Which, I, that would be interesting because it has a different energy than this guy. But then Robert Downey Jr. turned down the role, and they, so they got John Cryer... And I guess, and this is the thing too, reading about John Cryer, people suspect that John Cryer is gay. And so I guess he accidentally inflected the character with this gay energy that now the other people like now think Ducky is gay and that's a whole, this whole thing. It's a whole, there's layers upon layers about shit, about like the mechanics hmm. of these movies and how they were made and the personalities and how they work together. And and it's, <laughs> it sounds like Molly Ringwald just kind of quietly undermined the filming of the original ending of this movie to help kind of force them to redo it so it's 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 the movie the ending that we eventually got that everyone seems to hate but we'll get to that but anyway so there's there's that's that's how john cryer wound up being in this movie and yeah so the gay thing i don't want to harp on that too much but that 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 to me at least makes a little more of an excuse a little more sense out of their relationship if you interpret it that way but i don't know whatever yeah, i guess but, so uh, it's that is interesting. I will. I'm, I don't want to just breeze by. Or, no, no, or no, no, no. It's just the whole yeah. And that's one of yeah. the things I wanted to. I, I've got a whole book about the making of the John Hughes movies coming to me that I wanted to read before we did this, but uh, I, re I didn't realize I had it ordered also, it from England, yeah, so it's not going to be here for another month. So, but at the same time, though, if you have to like project that onto that's this, what I'm saying. I John Hughes did not. I'm sh it's quite certain he he's not a subtle man. Yeah. In his writing, so I I don't think if, yeah if it's it's you need that for the yeah. movie to work, eh. especially in a movie that's this this simple. You shouldn't have to like mm -hmm. thirty years after the movie came out read something in IMDb to go. Oh, 
I guess if you interpret it though that way, the movie kind of works then. Yeah, that's that's yeah. This movie's not that complicated yeah. that you should have to do like yeah. research in order for it to kind of make more sense. But yeah. anyway, the next day at gym class, her friend, I guess, that we'd see now and then. <laughs> this one lady who shows up in, like two scenes, they never appears uh -huh. again in the movie. Yeah. She, they're talking or whatever. They go to play volleyball. I, her, she's wearing Molly Ringwald's character's wearing these ugly ass leggings that makes it look like she has a rash all over her legs. Yeah, welcome to the. It's weird. <laughs> That's I don't understand the eighties. Like the patterns people would wear. <laughs> like it's not like an organic. It's like what are you? It makes you look sick, tired. Like what are you doing? Uh, I also kind of wonder, like maybe Annie Potts' character was supposed to be like, uh, was it? Was she supposed to be like? This character, Young? like, and like, maybe they realized, like, like when they cast Annie Potts, she was too old to even pretend to be a teenager classmate. So they came up with another friend of, because she acts just like kind of like Annie Potts's character, where she's also like, she's telling these uh, the two blonde bimbos, rich bimbos, who keep on fucking Molly and Walt. She tells them there's a whole thing. Well, you, you explain it. You roll it down the notes. Oh, it's fine. So they stand up and. Her friend says something, and the gym teacher's like, "Why are you saying?" She says, "I hope that he gets shriveled up and fall off." And then she's like, "What do?" And I thought she was gonna say like the gym teacher's nuts, even though it's a lady. <laughs> but no, she's talking about the blonde-haired lady's tits. <laughs> oh. So she's like, "Yeah," he and kicks her out of gym class. The funny moment is when the gym teacher's like, "It goes to Marlon and Do you have something to add?" And, like, you see Molly mm -hmm. Rimmel uh, raise her hand and then suddenly smash cuts the principal. Well, man, no, like... she's like, no, I don't share her sentiment. And then yeah, she looks over is, the yeah. blonde and they're like, eat shit and die. They whisper that to her to mouth it. And so she raises her hand and is like, oh, I got something to say about these bitches <laughs> over here. I thought that was actually funny. I did laugh at that. This, mm -hmm. okay, f f fascinating fact. Uh, do you recognize the voice of the gym teacher in that scene? Of course you wouldn't because I, it's not like I noticed it. I only found this no? out by reading up, uh, trivia stuff. Ah, uh, the voice of that teacher! I forgot, I should let you answer. Do you remember, do you recognize the voice of that teacher? No, You've, I don't even know. You have know. heard that lady before. Uh, before she was killed by Homer Simpson in an unfortunate fucking, uh... How did mm. he kill her? Because I never saw that episode. The t-shirt cannon The t-shirt cannon. That is the voice of Maude Flanders. And a mm. bunch of the other supporting female characters on The Simpsons. Uh, she's the lady who, yeah, she, she, she voiced Maude Flanders until there was like a, uh... A fucking uh, pay dispute, and she, when she didn't want to record, I guess she was like not living in LA, so they had to fly her in for every recording session. So rather than moving to LA, which I guess she's not obligated to do, uh, yeah, she would fly in, and there's a whole thing. I guess I guess they stopped paying, or they refused to like give her a, a pay raise to pay for all the, the the airfare she was spending to come in and record for that stuff. And so rather rather than give her a bump in pay. They just killed off all of her characters, so... I guess she did come back eventually, too. That's the weird thing. I don't know that either, but... Um, so, yeah. That's, that's, hmm. that's our Simpsons Corner for this week. Did you recognize the blonde lady's friend? Oh, no. Why, who's she? You mean the blonde rich lady? I don't, I don't know if you've actually... I don't, yeah, I don't know if you've actually seen anything she's been in. Oh, no. You know Gina Gershon? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, that's, uh, you know what, all I know, because I got, I got lesbian friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only reference. I don't need What does Gina Grishon even look like? Because all I know, doesn't she show her tits in Bound? Is she the lady from Bound? I don't know. She's this. The only thing I think I've seen her in is Showgirls, maybe? Oh, that's right. And I've only seen, like. Isn't she the one who goes up to, like. 
kids in the hall and they're all like <laughs> kids in the hall kids in the hall yeah <laughs> That's a whole different movie. I would love to see, like, Scott Thompson being all, like... Oh, man, Showgirls remade with the kids in the hall would be a much better movie. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, that is Gina Gershon. Yeah, okay, that's 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 funny to see, like, baby Gina Gershon. Okay, yeah. She doesn't have any lines. Mm-hmm. She's just, like, rich bitch's no. uh, best friend, I guess. She laughs that's at That's a weird combination of people in this room right now. <laughs> it's following Walt yeah. Flanders and, and Showgirls. So, Andy is sent to the principal's office and is told she's very smart, don't be getting in trouble, blah blah blah, and I guess her being there is a gift, the taxpayers are so nice to let her be there or something, I don't know, they make it sound like it's a private school even though it isn't, I, I know, don't know, exactly. he finished, <laughs> I'm hmm? just laughing at Molly Rewald's outfit in this, she looks like fucking well, yeah. gay doctor who Michael Jackson, it's like, well, he finishes up by telling her if she puts out signals, she doesn't belong, people are gonna treat her that way, also, if you keep dressing like grandmother side tables with a bunch of doilies <laughs> thrown on it, that's not gonna help either. I do not get this. I mean, I lived in that era, and even then, I'm still like, what the hell happened here? Oh my god. I mean, mm-hmm. I would be fascinated to see what I was wearing on the day they filmed this scene. Because I'm sure I'm wearing, like, acid wash jeans with giant white puffy sneakers and, like, a Dunlop I- sweatshirt, but. I was probably, like, wearing my Peanuts t shirt. Yeah, that's. I can't. <laughs> But ladies' fashions, because they have to be more ostentatious, are always going to age worse, I guess, than, you know, the dipshit kid, but... Oh, I don't know. The dude's fashions are going to age pretty <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. bad, But at man. least it's not, like, ruffles and, like, wearing a tin can from a hat and, like, what the fuck else in this movie? Oh, God, yeah. So, Ducky meets her in the hall, is checking up on her, and he's very annoying. People want her to end up with him? She should. This movie should have ended with her just holding up her hands and saying, "I don't want nothing to do with any of you assholes. I'm out. I'm single for life." It is says a lot that Molly Ringwald's character is like the least annoying character in this movie. Like the least mm. like fucking. It's not like she's like an interesting character, but just by virtue of the fact that I don't know. But yeah, Ducky. So, Ducky, fuck you, Ducky. <laughs> he sees he he asks her out and he won't take no for an answer. But she says, try not to, or try to take no for an answer, which is her saying no. So as they part ways, he bumps into a guy, and that's all tough, saying he'll kick his butt. But when that guy walks back and takes him inside, he's not acting so tough anymore. (gasps) And they throw him in the girl's bathroom! What's gonna happen? Oh no! He's gonna have to leave? Spend 20 minutes (laughs) talking about how they have doors on the stalls and the candy machine. That's ice. It's the trivia stuff for this movie really makes a meal out of the fact that like, oh, John Cryer, he, he came up with that immortal line about the candy machine all by himself. And yeah, it's like, that's supposed to be the, one of the comedic highlights of all 80s filmdom. And I'm like, it's a cute line, but it's like people are presenting it like it's like, like <laughs> fucking Citizen Kane moment. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. This is what happens when movies kind of get a little too overbloated in, in the minds of their fans a little bit where it's like yeah okay mm-hmm. calm down fucking pretty big fans <sighs> so at work um music is put on ducky comes in and starts mouthing a log to it and dancing it's cute and it goes on i guess yeah, i'm so glad we got to watch this well again this i mean he's doing this to mac on andy because it's uh it's a uh, try a little tenderness by otis redding and it is nice. It goes on for like five minutes, but it is cute because he's essentially professing his love to Andy by lip syncing to the Otis Redding song. And he does just dance all over the place. 
And it's a cute moment. It's it's the least annoying Ducky moment because Ducky's not actually saying anything. He's just like throwing. Him. I suppose that's yeah. True. It's not like yeah. Um, but again, and this this is the upteenth time in the movie where he like expresses his love for her, and she goes, "Oh, Ducky," and then he's just left crying in the rain. And so this that's the that's what ninety nine percent of the screenplay is comprised of. Um, mm -hmm. I do like uh, actually Andy Potts. She's she actually does seem to be specifically really impressed by this. Whereas Andy McDowell's just like rolling her eyes and just just doing the fucking Molly Ringwald thing, where she just kind of sneers with her buck teeth hanging out and going, Ugh. and yeah. Mm -hmm. Kissy fur will return after these messages. I love this woman. I love this woman, and I have to tell her. And if she laughs, she laughs. <laughs> It makes it easier, easier to bear. Feel any better if I asked you to the prom? His name's Blaine. He's so beautiful. Blaine? Oh, that's a major appliance. That's not a name. You won't regret it, no, no. Some girls, they don't forget it. Does he have strong lips? <laughs> strong lips. for me, you know? Maybe this shouldn't happen. You know, maybe it doesn't happen all the time, but doesn't mean it isn't right, right? This is not the time to get serious over some Nimrod. He's gonna use you and then throw you away. You're ashamed to be seen with no, me. I am You're not. ashamed to go out with me. Like him, he likes you. Uh, what his friends think shouldn't make any difference. I just want to let them know that they didn't break me. Just don't write love songs like they used to. It's I, I, oh. We now return to Kissy Fur. So she's all butthurt because she thinks it's after seven and she thinks she got stood up. Because did I say that he asked her out and they were like, hey, seven, Blaine? Did he? Or did we... Yeah, he asked her out the last time he... Or oh, in, yeah, in that's the, right. In, in the courtyard with all the people well, who were dressed like her. Well, it's weird because then she apologized... When they leave together, he she apologized... Andy McDowell. Fucking Andy McDowell! My fucking brain! I know it gets... Molly Ringwald apologizes to, to, to two men and a baby. Uh, oh, God, that's not two men. Two and a half men. Uh, for no, like, two men and a baby. Two, you got it. <laughs> getting all screwed up and fucking... Uh, she apologizes to Ducky, which I thought for a moment suggested that they had a date lined up for tonight, well, too, but obviously not, but... They didn't, but he did say, I'm gonna, we're going out on a date at seven, and I won't take no for an answer. Oh, is that what it is? And she didn't say no, but, like... And he she's... shows up anyway. Oh, okay. Even though she said I didn't no, catch that, because, like, he, like, he kind of turned into such white noise for me, I, I didn't even parse the fact that he actually... So is that him, actually? This is the first time he's actually, actually actually asked her out for a date, I guess? Oh, the movie fuck never no. I'm sure that, he's done it a dozen but times. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand why then he's all like, oh, one of these days I'm going to have to work up the courage to ask her out. And he just did, and he just assumed this happens yeah. like five times a day, every day. Like, so if he it's has not... the courage to 
if he has the courage to ask two random girls in the hall if he can impregnate them, I think he has the courage to it's ask her out on a date. It's hard to feel bad for a guy when his love life doesn't pan out when that's exactly, that's how you're first introduced to the guy. And he continually maxes all well, the girls around You know what makes it... Oh my god. You know what makes it hard to like this dude? What's that? Or feel sorry for him? So after seven, she starts being all, oh, I got stood up, and then they're, they're all upset, but then they come out, and Blaine's outside, he's there! Shoo! And then Ducky's so butthurt. He says, oh, that guy's just gonna shit on you. He's gonna use your ass to throw you Ducky away. Ducky throws I a fucking I tantrum, yeah. died for you. I can't handle him. He's the worst. Yeah. And they argue that, that, that he... She can't do it and respect herself because his name is Blaine, which is a major appliance, not a name. Is that an 80s joke? Was like, there a Blaine appliance? Blaine what? is terrible, though. That is an awful fucking name. Blaine. Because mm -hmm. it sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're vomiting on a plane. Blaine. Um... Mm. But yeah, Ducky just has a fucking conniption fit. He says he can't like her anymore because she's going out with that guy. Yeah, and I don't know if he, he had... says we're not we're not friends anymore. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god, man, you're not making it. And like, again, I and she's, can see how and she this... gets all but her. She gets sad and it's like, I can't believe you're saying this. And so does she? Is she like him or does she enjoy treating him like crap? I can't get this it. Is, is she by? I... Is she bipolar? I can't even tell. Legit. This this relationship was weird enough. I can't tell if this is like supposed to be codependent or what because I can't tell if she's just only tolerating him because she's in a weird place because of the, her burdening relationship with Blaine or like has this always just does this just happen every six months with these two characters and this has just always been the shape of their relationship and she just I, I don't know how these people were friends. And, like, it's so mm -mm. weird to think people get upset about... And so assuming it's mostly girls who get upset about the fact that Ducky doesn't end up with her at the end. It's so... And it's not like Ducky does anything to redeem himself in this story. Like, he's just... Mm -mm. I don't know. It's fucking weird. And again, I guess this kind of makes sense if you assume that, like... Andy doesn't take him seriously because she parses him as kind of like this, like, unthreatening boy-friend... Boy I don't know, it's so fucking odd. And the weird thing is, like, I can even see if fucking Blaine was presented as an asshole. He's rich. The worst thing that Blaine does in this movie is have James Spader for a best friend, which Blaine seems to be... He doesn't seem to be a super nice guy, but he's... Mm -hmm. He seems to be affable enough. You kind of wonder how he and, he and James Spader are friends. And actually, the worst thing that Andrew McCarthy does in this whole movie is when they're walking out... Uh, to go on their date, which is actually, from a technical perspective, I thought it was really interesting, because they come out and uh, they're right at, like, that dusk hour right after the sun has gone down, so there's no direct sunlight, but it's still light enough you can kind of see everything, like, 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 the 20 minutes before it actually does get dark, and the way, mm -hmm. the, the, how they actually filmed this, I just thought it looked really nice, because you almost never see a movie that's actually lit at this time oh, of yeah. day. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did notice that it wasn't night for day, it was actual dusk. Yeah, it was actual dusk, and they're, they're pretty much, and this is like one long take as they're walking out of the music store back to his car, and they're, they're kind of mm -hmm. just setting up their relationship, because they're kind of, like, mingling and stuff like that, and they're, they're filming wild with, like, an actual, just, like, public... Uh, crowd behind them and stuff like that too yeah. and in the middle of a street so I'm kind of surprised they got the shot when they did because it looks kind of just interesting but <laughs> the one big dick thing that Blaine does in this movie is he's like oh you want to go home and change 
And she's like, I, d I already did. And he goes like, oh. And like, he doesn't realize, I guess he assumes she's, like, she's rich. And so she has to go home and put on her rich I clothes. Guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of I a weird know, moment. Man. But like, and he doesn't so, get, like, get and, offended or anything well, like that. He's, he realizes the mistake he just made and he just brushes it off. But I'd say the one dick thing he does is when he's like, hey, you want to go to this house party? And she's like, no, I don't. And he's like, we're going to this house that's party. True too. Hey, that's not a good start to a date. <laughs> if you ask your date, what do you want to do? And they say, definitely not this thing. And you say, but we're really doing good. that. Yeah, thing. That's a good point, actually. That, that, that's yeah. Um, now I was thinking more of a class struggle. You're thinking about personal direct one on one thing. It doesn't matter because while they're doing this, Ducky's just sitting on top of a fucking garbage can in an alley getting rained on. Because I guess this is where this, he belongs. This is, <laughs> he's like, this is the origin story for Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> he sleeps in that garbage can and wakes up in the morning. He's green and furry and hates everything. Fuck you, Ducky. You deserve to die alone in the alley in the rain. <laughs> so. Uh. They go to the house party where nobody likes Andy because apparently everyone knows she's poor I... except for Blake. That's the thing. I don't know how many, how many of these people actually know Andy from school. Because <laughs> they're like, one of the girls is like, hey, nice pearls is not a dinner party. What do you got against pearls? When did pearls become a no-go? No one at this party, the beigest of all parties, has <laughs> any room to make fun of Andy McDowell. Uh, fucking Andy Molly McDowell. <laughs> Fucking Molly Ringwald. Because she's just got pearls. Like, what the fuck is wrong? Everyone else is wearing, like, white cotton pants. And, like, everyone looks like a fucking J.C. Penney's catalog from 1985 that exploded. Like, there's... Mm -hmm. I, I'm watching it now. And it is just vast oceans of beige and white <laughs> and tiny little pants bleach blonde hair and pastels so many mm -hmm. pastels it's fucking mm -hmm. grotesque well anyway fucking so uh blaine takes her like they're like touring the house they go to the back room uh she's like this sucks ass and he's like oh you want to go upstairs she's like i'm not gonna fuck you and he's like no no just hang out look i'll keep my hands in my pocket sir he could be more charming but when they go this, up because like yeah, he's trying to point out, he's not just trying to fuck her, he just wants to hang out, and I guess yeah. being upstairs is a little bit less manic than being downstairs, but, like... Yep, because the one place, when you want to just hang out with somebody and talk, the perfect place to go is a house party. Lock yourselves in a room at a house party, like, go back yeah. to the fucking car, go to the park, go to... I guess uh, that's a big thing that she doesn't want to go back to her house later, but, like, you can, like, assume, and presumably this is a Friday night. Like, you can go anywhere, do anything, like, and especially he's rich. Yeah, go to a fucking... I don't know, go to a fucking restaurant. Yeah, I mean... God damn. Anyway, yeah. Blaine, you're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they go upstairs and go in a room, but oh no, there's James Spader, and they're wearing just a robe? James Spader's just <laughs> hanging open robe? Robe watching at, a, at his house party? I do love that. He's, I mean, this is his house, and I presume that he's throwing the party, and he's just in his bedroom in a robe watching cartoons, which actually maybe make, may make James Spader the best all-time John Hughes character of all time. Cause that's when you know you're rich and powerful is when you can throw a house party. You don't have to show up. You're just watching fucking Pink Panther cartoons in your bedroom. Oh, mm -hmm. God. Yeah. Oh, and, but he's, so, got a, and then, he's got his girlfriend. I can't remember. His girlfriend's always there. Or she's like in the bathroom yeah, comes out. She's in there and they're making out kiss while she looks up and insults Molly Ringwald now and then as they just sit there awkwardly it watching is. her kiss smooch on him. God. And that girl, she's like 45. 
Yeah, and she calls uh, playing the F word. Oh, uh, yeah, A's that's John Hughes. Movie. Thankfully, that's the worst politically correct moment in the movie, I guess. Yeah. Thank God. And he just doesn't fit in there. Oh, God. But Molly Ringworld's doing her best petulant teenager face, though. To be fair, at least, at least that works for this scene, yeah. Yep. So, the rich kids leave all drunk, and Blaine says his friends are assholes when they're drunk. And she just wants to leave. So he's like, okay, I'll take you home. He just wants to spend with her, but oh no, if he takes her home, she'll see where she lives in a house. It's not a swanky mansion. Ah. Yeah, this is, kind of, this is an argument that goes on for a while. Because, like, I do appreciate, he is really slow on the uptake. He doesn't realize what's going on. He's like, okay, well, let's we'll, well, I'll drop you off back home. And she's like, I don't want to be dropped, dropped back home. He's like, do you want to go do something else? She's like, I don't want to do anything else. I can understand he's being put in a really weird situation because, like, she doesn't want to do anything. And he can't just leave her there. But, like, yeah. and he's like, well, I'll just take you home. And, like, well, it's just, and she eventually does, she does, like, break down in front of him and say, I don't want to go home because I don't want you to see where I live, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And uh, it's all sad. And they get in their car and he takes her home anyway. Uh. So, let's see, where am I? So, oh no, they don't go home. They go to. That's one because uh, like, cuts he, to the he club. says he made a mistake. He overestimated his friends, and so they go to that bar where Andrew Dice Clay is outside wearing a shirt with dice on it because he's a. Oh, I didn't get because he's got to be part of his own brand. Go to www.andrewdiceclay.com. Yeah. Yeah, Ducky's inside with the I, the, the punk lady. Yes, Andrew Dice Clay has let him in now because the Molly Rolls are not there. I mean, if not in like Mario, that's. I, well, I uh, Molly Ringwald asks uh, the record store lady later how he well, let Ducky in. She said, he, I told him he was my kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he, Ducky's talking excuse. to the record school store girl about how when he likes a girl, he'll drive by her house like a hundred times on his bike. That's not something you want to admit. Yeah. And, 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 then, and fucking Andy Potts okay. Okay, whatever. Yeah, okay. And then when Andy sits down... They come in and said she sits down. He won't talk her. He's being a sulky little shit. And then, so mission accomplished. That's what I would want. Way to go, man! You're making a real case for her to date you, you fucking dickwad. <laughs> he's been sulking all night. Yeah, he's got his little glasses and on, the, so he's not looking anyone I, in the eye, and he's just being too cool for school for everybody. Yeah. Blaine doesn't fit in there either, cause he's a witch kid, and all these people are pumpkinses and stuff. Yeah, this place is so lowbrow because you've got like one mm -hmm. guy with white poofy hair at the bar or something like that. It's just <laughs> uh -huh. I've as someone who's I've been to my share of dive bars. This is like comically, this is the roadhouse of dive of of of, of white yeah. Chicago preppy dive bars. It's it's. Yeah, and it's still that shitty rave ups band is playing, like their fucking yeah. elevator music, and like, yeah, this is comically goofy, yeah. Blaine sits down at the table with everyone, and Ducky's a real piece of shit right away, being rude, insulting everyone, just cause this man dared date a girl he's interested in and won't give him the time of day. Yeah. Insinuating so, uh, if Ducky's had a few drinks or not. Either way, he'd still be a uh, belligerent prick, but. Yeah. yeah. So, Andy's like, Do you want us to leave? And he's like, I guess you got the signals or whatever. And so they leave. And he stands up and is like, Hey, Andy. And then he kisses the record scroll girl right on the mouth. And he's like, You've been replaced. Oh no! Oh, no. Oh. Andy, fucking Andy Potts actually seems to be kind of like. Oh. I thought she was gonna slap yeah. him, just to like she drive. Home. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But uh, <laughs> dude, fucking, 
Uh, I love it because it's an 80s movie. Uh, Molly Ringwald calls him a retarded little dwarf. <laughs> Which mm, I didn't catch that. Yeah, and then they, she storms out with Blaine. Oh, and then did Blaine and fucking uh, fucking Ducky exchange a couple words. Oh, he's yeah, like, he uh, he, like yeah, asshole. Blaine insults him, and he, Ducky's like, oh, coming for me, I'll take that as a compliment. And, Way to go, Ducky, mm -hmm. you fucking dork. Yeah, outside, they, they this is when they argue if he can take her home or not. Oh, she that's when it is, okay, yeah. yeah. But he does take her home, and he says he had a great time, even if he was in the pits of hell or whatever, Turkish prison, I don't remember. He says he'd have a great time if it was with her. Then he asks her for the prom, and they kid you make out all tongues of swirling, it's romance. <laughs> yeah. Then she goes inside and is like, ah, tells her dad she got asked the prom. And he's like, are you in love? And she's like, I think I am. You fuck you say, you idiot. You went on one date with a guy and you were miserable the entire time. <laughs> it is funny how much one kiss. So, I mean, I guess now that like, I, it is, I, she was miserable because up until, I mean, there's a whole multiple reasons why she was miserable in this video up until now. But it was a terrible date. Her biggest fear is that the super rich guy has seen where she lives, and she's he's he's yeah. not put out and freaked out by it. So at least there was an upswing at the end, and they did kiss, and she's been accepted by the guy regardless of her social standing, which is mm -hmm. which I guess was a real big fear more than anything else. And so I guess that's enough for her to like but be happy like... at the end. And she's like, <laughs> she tells her that, "P.S. Uh, give me a gun because next time Ducky comes near me, I'm gonna shoot that piece of shit." <laughs> Oh no, that guy's a richie, and her dad is rightfully like what? He's like, why? Why? Why does any of this matter? Yeah. Mm hmm. So, uh, their dad says, "Hey, if you like each other, what? The, who cares what his fucking friends think? Plus, he's a senior. He's not gonna be. His friends are gonna be gone by the end of the school year. You think anybody can care? But her friends too. Nobody likes anyone. Uh, mm. Dad's like, hey, don't worry about it." And then her dad said he feels bad. He's the one she has to talk about all this stuff with. And she's like, I'm not outside <laughs> So the next morning, Ducky rides his bike by her house. He's so emotionally destroyed, he goes to Chinatown. He's like doing which wheelies. makes no sense until you realize that she's there. Where her friend Iona, the lady who runs the store, I guess she store, lives, lives in Chinatown. Yeah. Yeah. And hangs, and then Ducky hangs outside of the ha her place like a fucking oh creepy ass God, stalker. Ducky, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, her friend says, mm, "Go ahead." No, I was gonna say also for some reason, uh, Annie Potts is dressed like Blade Runner. She's got like a yeah. white wig on and like a little Chinese dress and. Yeah. Nice. I'm fluid, I guess. I saw this shit takes place in Chinatown. I was like, oh my God, what's the worst? After fucking being bludgeoned by fucking 16 candles, I am shocked mm. that the only racist joke they make is someone rings Annie Potts' doorbell. I don't think it's the scene, it's later on in the movie, and there's a distant gong you mm. hear rather than a doorbell. Yeah. That's it, thank fucking Christ. Mm -hmm. So, uh, her friend says even though he's young enough to be with her own kid, when Ducky kissed her the prior night, oh, her yeah, eyes that's, that's... went up in flames. Fucking no, they didn't. What? What? She says he must practice on melons or something. Oh yeah, because she's asking she's asking Andy McDowell how strong Blaine's lips were. <laughs> Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. So I, I what can uh, I say? Fucking Groundhog Day made a real impact on me. Mm -hmm. So Annie tells her she's going to prom, and then her friend gets dressed up and make in her prom dress and makes her dance with her like she was at prom in a pink polka dotted dress, and she wants Annie to try on that dress, but she gotta go. She doesn't try it on. 
And that James Spader's place, he's hanging out with Blaine Oh, this being is after, like, they evil. do, like, a weird 60s thing. Mm-hmm. Where suddenly, like, yeah, Annie Potts is dressed like she was, like, in the 1960s. Like, the movie suddenly turns into Hairspray for two seconds. But yeah, back to back yeah. to high school. We should oh, watch not... Hairspray. Which one? The good one? Yeah, 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 Have yeah, yeah. The, the one with... Yeah, but we should still... I mean, I, I mean, haven't seen good, it in about uh, 30 uh, years. Yeah, no, that movie... That's, that's my favorite John Waters movie. That's one of my favorite movies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that or uh, Crybaby for, like, 30 years. I don't ever care much about Crybaby, but Hairspray was good. I don't remember it, It's but... not bad, but... Dude, a lot of no. I, all I remember it's Johnny Depp doing a lot of brr, 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 brr faces and yeah. Tracy Lords yeah. is in that goddamn movie. Mm. Anyway, which one? Tracy Lords, the porn star, or the other one. Wait, there's multiple Tracy Lords. All I know is the porn star. I think so. I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah whatever. And not that I've anyway. seen a lot of Tracy Lords movies. I just remember she was famous because she was like making porn just the when illegal she was, like, ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to break into porn is to be like, hey. All those movies you've been watching jerk off, jer- jerking off to me in? I was like 15. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Ed Spader's place, Spader's he's been comically place. evil. So Spader has like a personal, like, king office in his mansion? Mm-hmm. It is the most comical even for John Where he's Hughes. He's rolling movie. his own cigars. Yeah, he's, ro- he's rolling his own paper c- cigarettes, and he's got this like library office with like, they look like they're in like fucking. Like, like Beethoven's office, because it's all Richie Rich golden appliances and everything everywhere. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I get this. Like, just the shorthand for, like, James Spader being rich. It's like, there's no, like, modern appliances in this room. It's like they're in this... Uh, it's so fucking weird. It's, yeah. 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 It's one of the most comical rich people's house interiors I've ever seen in a teen comedy movie, just to show that, like... A, in case you didn't understand that James Spader is rich, like he's like mm-hmm. practically sitting on a throne with all these like this fucking French like villa <sighs> furniture from like 1755 from like the French Revolution and shit. Yeah. Anyway. So he's saying you can't date a poor girl. Oh, it's not. This funny. is kind of the Don't heart of the movie it. where yeah he throws down the gauntlet <laughs> with fucking uh, she, mannequin. She's human garbage because she doesn't have money. And if you if you date that girl, I won't be your friend anymore. <laughs> it's just- and for no reason, other than just to be like, she's poor, so you can't date her. Uh, mm-hmm. So Mannequin says that to the other Mannequin guy, because they're both in Mannequin, mm-hmm. so I can't believe I didn't take the opportunity to just call them both Mannequin for the whole movie of up until now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and that's that's it. And it, it's, it seems to me like if you wanted, wanted to write him as an actual solid dude, he'd just be like, okay, well, I'll see you when you're not knowing how buttons work ass later. Because you could do that and still have the plot But he work, just sits like, there looking all teary-eyed and, and I don't want to lose my friend. How long have they been fr- like... Like, they don't even really def- Obviously, he hates Spader. Yeah. Every time he's around him, he's just- He can barely put up with him, and it's- Yeah, the fact that, like, Andrew McCarthy's character is not more well-written or defined is so weird, because he's just there- he, 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 He's just malleable to whatever the plot needs to be the most dramatic. But, like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's- I don't- Yeah, I, I- Maybe they've been friends their whole life, too, and maybe James Spader should become more, more of a big- But I don't see how they've been friends for all this time. If James Spader's gonna throw this much of a fit over a poor girl, and we, of course, the big thing is the is is it's it's not so much that she's poor, but this is the one girl in school that James Spader can't have, so that's really why he's all bunched up about it. But how much time in the school year is left after prom? That's you know what I always thought prom was like in the, like the month before everyone graduates. I think that's always like late May or something like that. Uh, okay. So it's it's as it's as everything's wrapping up. Mm. Yeah. You know. 
Okay, so yeah, this all this is even less important because after school, who gives a fuck? Yeah, exactly, because you're going to graduate in a month and everyone's going to go off in their own different directions. And I, So wait, is Andy supposed to be a senior too? Yeah, at some point her dad says she's 18. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah, so congratulations. Who gives a fuck about any of these people? Yeah. Yeah. I know that's so, easy to say as an adult who, who graduated yeah, yeah, a quarter yeah. century. Oh, there's a lot of but... there's a lot of problems in this that I had to think like, okay, they're stupid teenagers. No, but as somebody like, yeah, like again, for like, I guess I have more high school experience, like quote unquote normal high school experience than you do, but only tangentially yeah. because like I did not go to a normal high school, but like, yeah, there's yeah. But this is not a you're normal not missing high anything. Also. Let's put it this way, yeah, this is not like a homeschool thing. If you don't understand why this doesn't work, yeah, yeah. So, uh, they want to be together, friends and family be damned. They, wait, 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 wait. Oh, they, they hang out. I skipped, I skipped one important line. Oh, no, what it's No, it's not. It's just they hang out at some stables and because the smell of horse poop is a huge turn on. <laughs> I guess it beats Andy going back Blaine. to the cats club. What, I guess. What's the line? They're hanging out in hay. Oh no, not the line. Oh, That's just my, the, thing. I have one sentence, a paragraph in my notes. <laughs> that, I just have to skip over because that's all that that scene warrants. This is something I hadn't thought about in 30 years, but I remember like in the late, like, it must have been just a couple years after this, I remember there being commercials for a movie called Fresh Horses starring what? Molly Ringwald and Andrew McCarthy. And I just remember the title of the movie being really awful. And like, yeah. it was the, all the commercials were them like hanging out in a barn, like arguing. Because I think the idea that was, this is both their attempt to try to get away from being in teen comedies now they were like in a movie, mm-hmm. a serious movie, about what it's to, like to be a young adult in their early 20s and like whatever difficulties the, those people can can face. And it just, I heard, just remember the commercial, the voiceover going, Andrew McCarthy and Molly Ringwald in Fresh Horses. And just like, <laughs> I was like, what could, just thinking, what the fuck, that movie's going to make two fucking dollars at the box office. It's a terrible name for a fucking... Uh, movie, and I looked it up, and uh, uh, as part of the Pretty Pink research, I'm like, yeah, the movie did make two dollars, and essentially destroyed both <laughs> their cinematic careers. But anyway, so anyhow, there was a little scene uh, here which I didn't realize before, but we do get a quick glimpse into Ducky's home life, where he's at home sulking, mm-hmm. throwing cards into a hat, yeah. and yeah, in his incel lair. It is kind of like I don't know if they're trying to portray like he's poor. Or, like, he just likes the living in squalor because he's, like, he doesn't have a mat. He has a mattress but no, like, box spring or, like, structure to his bed. And he's just, like, in this corner of what would look like looks like it would be a normal room if he didn't spray paint everything and try to make it look like he's living in a hovel. But, I don't know, that's it. He's just sulking at home and that's it. Yeah. Fuck Ducky. That's it. Just throwing cards in. <laughs> that's what he deserves. God, he should just, instead of him just throwing cards, it should have just been him masturbating into one of her socks that he stole or well, something. Before that incredibly important scene happens, uh, when they're in the smooching around the, the horse poop, uh, they want to be together, friends and family be damned, and they kiss. But while they're smooching, they all they both just kind of open their eyes, having second thoughts. What will people think of their oh oh no? And then later, Andy's looking at prom dresses in a store that is way out of her budget because why even go to this place where the fucking ugly ass pink dress costs six hundred and fifty dollars in fucking nineteen eighty six money? Fortunately, she does find a pink Coco Chanel on sale for fifty dollars, mismarked, and that's the whole rest of the movie goes off on its own tangent. But. Is that Coco mm. Chanel that March finds? What is that? I think so, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm assuming this, this obviously the, all this stuff is out of her, 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 uh, well, we don't know. Maybe she does have a couple bucks saved up. I don't know if she's actually honestly going shopping or maybe she's going, uh, uh, to look at the fashions because maybe she'll want to make her own dress. But it is the one time you really kind of see Molly Ringwald try to extend her hand out and kind of see what life is like for with the Richie Riches by going to look for prom dresses at this rich place. And of course she runs into fucking Miss Bitchalot well, and Gina Gershon. She doesn't run into her. She sees her trying on dresses and backs That's out. That's what it is. And like, there's course, not even an interaction. Yeah. Well, which she doesn't want to be. She already has a rough enough life without running into those people into a rich yeah. place. Yeah, so... That's, well, yeah. That's that's the one time we see Molly Ringwald try to like enter the world of the rich people, and she's immediately scared away. Yeah. But uh oh, Blake's <gasps> not answering his phone. What would his friends think if he talked to her on the phone? Oh no. She leaves a message with her his mom or oh, secretary. Oh, this is the first time know. we see her try to interact with him after, uh, after after Ultron is thrown down the ultimatum to to Mannequin, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is the part where he starts phrasing her out. I guess. Oh. Dad comes home and gives Andy a shitty pink dress. He knows it sucks ass, but she, he also knows she'll be able to make something also suck ass out of it. So she's like, hey, Dad, I know you fooling. You don't got no job. He does say, and then, Andy, I know you have a penchant for turning water into lukewarm water. So I got you a <laughs> shitty dress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then they have a very forced, totally real, not at all fake fight about how mom's gone and she's not coming back. Why can't you accept it? You know what? I'll take it. A John Hughes movie, the fact that like they're they're talking about something that's not about boys. Like, this mm. is one of the John Hughes stuff I do like where it's more human being interactions rather than just, like, school-centric fucking class drama. Uh, this is... It's a whole thing. Well, well, she starts going on about where he got the money for the dress... And she's like, I saw, I noticed that you, you you don't have your car anymore. You didn't have to like sell your car for this. And she's like, what? Like, I thought you were going to use your car to go to a job interview. And he's like, oh, I forgot about that. And she starts yelling at him about not yelling, but she's like confronting him about the fact that no, like, she yells. Yeah, it's the fact the fact that he's willingly avoiding look actually getting a job because he can't let her go of the fact that their her mom slash his wife left them and. They have a big conference, and this is this is uh, Harry Dean Stanton's last scene in the movie, and this is essentially just wrapping up this whole little story thread about him learning to let go finally, and she's growing up, and she's—I'm kind of surprised they don't make more of a meal out of the fact that she's going to be leaving too, presumably. And they do make mentions of the fact that she seems to have gotten a scholarship somewhere, so she—I guess she is yeah. heading off to school. They never mention it anywhere else, and so I thought they would make more of a meal out of the fact that like he's got to get his shit together because if she's going to leave, she can't leave him without knowing that he'll be okay. I'm surprised that she never makes that point in the story. But they do make amends, and he agrees to stop being so much of a dickhead. Not a dickhead, but he agrees to try to grow up a little bit and try to move past this. Stop hanging on to his wife that left them and yeah. didn't love either of them. <laughs> I'll give, I'll give they... Andy McDowell credits like as soon as he leaves. Is it intentional now? <laughs> I, who? What? <laughs> You calling her Andy McDowell? Oh shit! Fuck. <laughs> Rosalind McGowan. What's her name? Fucking Molly, Molly Ringwald. Ringwald. She does. She like makes amend with her dad. Her dad leaves. His dad leaves. Uh, her dad agrees to clean his shit up, and so she is like, she's taking a moment just to kind of like decompress after this argument she's had with her dad, and she sees her mom's framed photo on her bedstand, and she grabs it and she cries, and it's a nice moment of mm-hmm. like. 
Okay, she's pushed back against her dad a little bit, try to help him, but, like, she could see that she's still fucked up by the fact that her mom is gone. And it's a nice little, like, it never, like, her, her, her own personal grief over her mom leaving them for seemingly no reason is never really wrapped up, but it is a nice, it is actually a nice galactic mm -hmm. moment from, mm -hmm. from Malward Ringwald. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll give her props That's for that. cool. The next day, she glares like James Spader. He's so douchey and evil. And then she sat in the hall, standing there. Why does saying, she call the cops mm. and say this forty-five-year-old man is at school? <laughs> and then she she runs into Blake, and she's like, "I left you messages." He's like, "I I didn't get them." And she's like, "I left." Three of them, as if the number of messages she left yeah. <laughs> makes any difference in any one of them. And she waited for him in the parking lot. She saw him, and she thought he saw her. Everyone in this movie is bananas. It is, it is the most high school shit imaginable. I saw you, saw you, saw you, me, side and see you. Like, yeah. And then she's like, what about prom? Tell me! Tell me! And it's and great that she's like, yelling at her people are crawling out of the, out of the <laughs> classrooms. I'm like, what the fuck's... Uh, what, what's Andy McDowell yelling at someone about? Yeah. Andy McDowell keeps yelling at him, and he says, oh, I forgot I asked somebody else, and she shoves up saying he's a filthy fucking liar. Ooh, she's gonna she... yell at him and say it's because he's ashamed to be seen with her. And he says, have you seen your outfits? <laughs> And he says, oh, it's got nothing to do with the fact that you're crazy as shit. Crazy. Like, as she's yelling at him, his eyes get wider and wider. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. more like, oh my god, I fucked up. <laughs> I think I'm do dodging a bullet here. And I, you know, I've always actually liked Andrew McCarthy and the stuff I've seen him in. And he's kind of like the poor man's uh, Michael J. Fox. But his reactions here mm. are actually pretty great. I do like him, yeah. God, I need to see man he's, again. It's not that he's scared of his rich friends won't approve, and he sheds tears. It's got nothing to do with her. Yeah. And Spader is watching from the stairway, nods his approval, and walks off. And Andy runs off, her arms are flailing, saying, <laughs> 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 "Yeah, like a chicken." Yeah. But then he, Blake and Spader uh, talk, and he's like, "Ah, she's a loser." Well, yeah, not well, fucking, uh, so Blake, he goes like, "Yeah, uh, Andrew Robinson." He goes down the stairwell, and fucking Ultron's waiting for him. And Ultron just says, like, hey, what are you so upset about? She's always been not nada. And he, this is his most 1980s age. He's got the sockless loafers and the giant white. He's dressed like fucking Talking Heads video, big baggy white suit. And and this is something. So we're going to get into this because the whole, the whole end of this movie is famously pre-shot. This is something I almost kind of wonder was an, an additional reshoot or something like that. Is while... Ultron is telling Mannequin, don't worry about her, she's always been bullshit. Uh, you see that Ducky is looking, he's at the top of the stairwell, he's been listening on their conversation, and he now he now knows that Blaine has actually been, it's, it's, it's been James Spader that's been manipulating the situation, and that, like, fucking Blaine's actually been, been put, been, been arguing in favor of, like, he, he's actually been dating her against James Spader's advice and stuff like that, so... Uh, mm -hmm. not, not that it suddenly makes Blaine a good guy in Ducky's eyes, but th this does kind of, like, kind of help justify why Ducky would think that Andy's okay going with Blaine at the end of the movie, and I kind of wonder if, like, Blaine overhearing this conversation was something they, add they added to bolster the fact that Ducky's okay with letting Andy go and go with uh, Blaine at the end. But, yeah, I don't yeah. go ahead. So they they go their separate ways, and then 
Ducky and Spader glare at each other. He's like, why? Then he turns around to leave a ducky tackle to him and Jay gives Spader, him slappy slap. This look on his face, like, hmm, you got a problem, friend? And it is the most sleazebag, like, eh, Spader's so if, good at that hey, kind of bleh. If there's anybody I could believe Ducky could beat up, it'd be James Spader. Well, it's funny because uh, Ducky does run over, tackle him, and Ducky immediately starts losing the fight. Where like James Spader just starts giving him body blow, body blow, and uh, but yeah, uh, the fucking uh, the cops have to come out and like break him up and uh, <laughs> the, cops. the cops. But yeah, uh, it's like old fucking professor guy like breaks him up and. I think Ducky's, like, threatening to kill James Spader, and James Spader's, like, just spitting up poor gras all over the place and shitting caviar, and... Yeah. Oh, I do well, feel... Well, Ducky fucking... runs away and pulls down the prom banner, Which... because, ooh, fuck your sister. Of, like, well, fuck you, the artist who drew that! Like, that's not the... Like, <laughs> as someone who would... I would be in the kind of position... I don't know, if this were about I going to this high school, I'd probably be the son of a bitch who had to draw that fucking poster. Like, Ducky, fuck you. That's, like, that's, yeah. Don't feel oppressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, he runs away, and Andy goes to see her friend who's getting ready for a date with Captain Big Face out in the front <laughs> room. It's this 12-foot-tall, pig-faced rich man, yeah. Mm-hmm. She Andy goes into her friend's bedroom, and she's all dressed like a yuppie, because she can, like, Break those class structures. Why can't Andy? Yeah. And then Andy cries. She tells a friend he claimed he was gonna ask somebody else already and forgot about it. Oh, boo -hoo -hoo. And she asks for, hey, you said I could have your prom dress. Can I have it? I'm gonna cut the fuck out of it and make something <laughs> repulsive to be sure. Oh, uh, yeah. And then we go. Then uh, the 18 music starts to play in the montage of her making a shitty dress for getting ready for prom. Which. When they did, and then in the middle of it, they just throw her dad's throwing her mom's photo in a drawer. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know. Problem oh, yeah, solved. Yeah, yeah. So, this is the movie just wrapping up all the loose plot threads with everyone before the, the, the drama of the problem happens. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so, yeah, so um, Andy just takes the two dresses, uh, the one from uh, Annie Potts and the one from her dad, and kind of fuses them in this Voltron monstrosity of. Well, mm -hmm. all she really did. Was cut the tits off the dress that Andy McDowell gave her. No, fuck it, I can't mm -hmm. go that far. Annie Potts <laughs> gave her. And put, mm -hmm. like, there was a kind of a lace overlay on the dress that her dad gave her. And that suddenly that's, like, the tit shield on the dress for Annie Potts' dress. And she Well, she also made it so it doesn't fit her well at all. No, she's kind of... It's like You paper. think if you sewed your own shit, you'd at least make it fit It's not you. like this paper sleeve that enshrouds her in a circle? Like, it's not like... Uh, I guess, I mean... It's really ugly. You think of a movie called Britting in Pink with a big pink dress at yeah. the end, you'd make it look as good as possible. Kudos to her for not making, like, a big, like, formless, like, you know, like... Or, like, a form-fitting dress that's, like, supposed to be all sexy. But it just looks like... Like she's just wearing a fucking, like a fucking, I don't know what the Sock. fuck. Looks. Yeah, like it's just like this tube of pink that she's wearing. Yeah, mm -hmm. she looks like she's wearing a fucking tampon wrapper to the prom. Um, but yeah, yeah, so she goes to the prom. Even though her man not gonna take her, she walks in, walks out. She oh, well, don't that's need what, no like, man. She, she shows her dad the dress, and the dad's like, what yeah. the fuck did you do? He pulls a gun on her and says, "You know what? I can't let my retarded daughter go to the prom." Like no, this. no. But she she says he is like, "Why are you gonna go to the prom?" 
And she says, like, yeah, I can't let them see that they broke me. I'm just going to walk in and out, and that's going to be it. And Which, again, I do give props to the character for saying, like, I mean, she's going to the prom just so the story can work. But, like, I do yeah. like the excuses that, like, she's a strong character, and she's just going to say fuck you to, uh, essentially say fuck you to everybody, which is, you know, that's good. Mm-hmm. God, this is the worst so prom. I guess it's in, like, the shitty hotel ballroom. Yeah. With, like, these bunch of fucking jack... It's, is it's this just, like, prom... Hey, hey, is this prom only for the rich kids at the high school? That's the weird... I mean, I guess... I mean, as someone who who was, who was one of the quote-unquote mutants who didn't go to his own prom, I guess you could say, well, most of the smart kids did not go to the prom, and of course it'd be only the rich shithead kids who are... Because every single dude there apparently was able to t afford a tuxedo rental. Yeah, and all the girls there are just all, all the snotty rich girls. And also, for high school, there only seems to be like 50 kids there. And it's this mm -hmm. shitty, like, there's no decorations. The only decoration is, like, this big photo of a band. And there's, like, a couple DJs. And it just doesn't seem to be a good prom. Not that I would know a good mm -hmm. prom from a bad prom, but this is not a good prom. But, yeah. So, anyway, while well, she's, so, she's, she's trying to steal up the courage to actually go in. Because she's, like, standing outside the, the ballroom. Yep. But then, oh man, Ducky is there to help her have the confidence to go inside. At the turn of the tide, it's Ducky the White. Mm, Boy. And they go inside, and Spader and Blake, Blaine, Blade, whatever the fuck his name is, Seer come in, and Blade, what's his name, Blake? Blade. It's Blaine. No, Blaine. Blaine, like a train. Yeah, Blaine goes. Blaine goes towards her, but Spader's like, "Her, there, you out. She moved on to somebody else quick." And Blaine says, "You can buy everything, but you couldn't buy her." Oh, that's what it is. You, she knows your shit, and deep down, so do you. Well, he got his come up and he suddenly turns into what's her, what's his face from Jimmy from uh... Oh God, who's the guy from uh? The movie Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. suddenly, then fucking Ducky, he opens up the pool beneath everyone's feet, and everyone feets fall. Everyone falls into the pool, and and then on the walking on the way home, Ducky and uh, Molly Ringwald they sing Buffalo Girls. Would you come out tonight? Mm -hmm. That's a joke because I made about the thing. Uh, I guess you did it. <laughs> Yay! I landed the joke. <laughs> 100 points, <laughs> throw my arms in the air. I guess there's a thing about how so the, we're, we're, this has all been reshot. Pretty much the moment the Molly Ringwald and uh, Ducky go into the in, in, into the prom, this is all brand new material. Um, I guess, uh, so what happened was, uh, so yeah, I guess in the original ending, uh, she essentially shows up, tells everyone else off, and she ends up with Ducky, that's the end of the movie. Um, I guess the chemistry between her and Ducky never worked out. They filmed the scene as written. Uh, there's a whole thing about Molly Ringwald supposedly got sick, and when she and Ducky are supposed to be dancing for their big, like, celebratory moment at the prom, she was all fucked up and can barely dance, and I almost wonder if that's just... Maybe she wasn't sick. I kind of wonder if Molly Ringwald didn't intentionally tank her part of her performance in that just to force them to reshoot because they said it was so bad. Uh, cause mm. she, she was really adamant that the fact that, like, John Cryer as Ducky would never work with, like, she couldn't, mm. like, sh like, she couldn't envision it. And so I guess they did show the original movie to test audiences and they didn't like it just because the chemistry didn't work. And so I guess six months later, they had to come back and refilm this whole thing with, uh, John Hughes uh, wrote a new ending where, uh, yeah, Ducky, Ducky essentially steps to the side and let's, let's blame and, and... 
Andy do a thing, and Ducky essentially yeah, gives gives, a, gives Andy a way to... I, I guess the important thing is, like, they've done such a good job, quote-unquote, of building up Ducky as being a sympathetic character. It's important that, like, Ducky very specifically says, it's okay, you can go with Lane, I'm fine. Um, yeah, thank goodness for <laughs> thank that. Thank God, yeah. Um, I guess one of the things is, because it was six months later, Andrew McCarthy had gone off the... He, he was, like... Starring in some kind of play on Broadway where he had to shave his head because it was like some play about the military and he had to play a soldier. So he had shaved his head bald and lost like 15 pounds. And so in this scene, he's wearing a terrible wig for all the reshoot stuff where you can mm. totally tell because he doesn't have like any hair on the back of his head. Like the wig doesn't connect to his neck or anything like that. But, like you can tell he's kind of got like Lex Luthor shit going on. And, uh, yeah, so he looks a little... Which kind of makes sense, because he's been hiding out, and he hasn't been talking to someone, so, like, him being a little more fucked up and gone, I guess, kind of makes sense, but... Um, mm. So, yeah, go ahead. Like, like I've probably left so, up in the plots enough, just, you know. No, it's fine. Blaine walks up and says hi to Andy and says hi. He shakes Ducky's hand, and they're all awkward at each yeah, other. And this and makes more sense if Ducky say... has seen uh, Blaine stick up for for Andy in, mm. in, with, with, with the... James Spader earlier, which that's, I wonder, that's why I wonder if that was an added scene along with the rest of this prompt stuff. And they both say they're fine, but they're not really fine, and, the, and then they, they, let's see, he says he believes in her, but she didn't believe in him, and then he kisses her on the cheek and says, I love you. Yes, like always, and they went out on two dates. That's, yeah. And Ducky, <laughs> Ducky is like, Hey, that guy came alone. You're right. He's not like the rest. If you go to him now, I won't take you to another prom again. If you don't go to him right now, I'll never take you to another that was prom. A cute line. And then she hugs him, and he presses her bo his boner against her thigh a little bit, <laughs> oh, and lets no! her go after Blaine. You know, he says, you know what they say about ducks and their corkscrew penises, right? So don't worry about Ducky, though, because some hot, quote-unquote, blonde likes this what she sees weirdest. and invites him to dance. This is the, you know what? It would have been... This ending would make more sense if you just had... If Ducky had said something about being on his own, he's going to have to learn to be on his own for the first time in his life. Make the fact that he's been such a clingy son of a bitch with Andy actually, like, have him pull back a little bit and say, okay, yeah, like, be a little more self-reflective about this. But the fact that, like, he doesn't learn a lesson about how clingy he has been at all... And just turns around and there's mm -hmm. this random blonde lady who's like giving him the eye. Just and mm. like this is a girl I guess he's never seen before, despite the fact they all go to school together. Like she's all mm -hmm. like, mm. and then he goes, he turns to the camera and he does like the 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 the, the, the now almost a cliche yeah. John Hughes thing of turning to the audience and going, oh yeah. blah blah. And he says, "Have you ever made love on a bed without a frame? <laughs> no squeaking, all fucking." Um, <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because the lady... It's practically an air mattress. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Uh, this lady who is uh, credited as Duckette in the credits, which is funny because yeah. that would suggest that she could be like a female version of Ducky, but no, she's a random blonde lady. Like, they could have yeah. done... It would have been more interesting if she was actually one of the freaks, like, from the school, but, like, I guess it would even be, yeah. like, would make even less sense that they would even never have met until now, but... Uh, it's Kirsty Swan Kirsty Swanson who played Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the Buffy the Vamp Vamp Vampire Slayer movie. Just throwing that out mm. there. Um, we should do that one too. Yeah, you know what? I've only seen big parts of that, but never seen the whole thing. Oh, yeah. 
That's it. I, I remember liking yeah, it. Yeah, it's got Paul Rubens in it, so it can't be that bad. Yeah, he's great in it. Yeah. Um. And it's got uh, what's his butt? Uh, Tears in the Rain. Oh, it's got Rucker Howard. Yeah, he's the main vampire. Oh, okay, that's oh, that's cute. Especially, but you've and never it's seen got the TV what, it's show, also, huh? No, it's also got what's his name, Donald Sutherland. Oh, that's right, because he plays the Giles. He's, he's Giles. Yeah. yeah. Is he actually? Yeah, is his character actually named Giles? Yes. That's funny because that's the character. I, I always assumed that was a different character on the TV show. Okay. Um, I know well, the movie's not supposed to make much yeah. sense with the TV show that much. It's like they, they kind of played fast and loose with that adaptation. But yeah, I want to do that. I would be totally down with that sometime. Hairspray and so, Buffy. Yeah, yeah. we got to write so that Andy down. So Andy and Blaine go outside and then they make out in the parking lot next to his car and it ends. That's it. Well, it just kind of, right. yeah. Um, it's not as bad as 16 Candles, but still kind of sucked but ass. But that's... Nope. Yeah, I watched the first half of this before committing to this, because I just wanted to make sure at least it functions better, at least as a, just a movie. Because that was one of the things. It wasn't mm -hmm. even like 16 Candles was disappointing. It was just so badly written that it just did, didn't even really function as a movie that much. It was just more of a collection of weird vignettes punctuated with like weird mm -hmm. racist shit. At least this mm -hmm. was like, okay, there's characters, there's a shape to the story, there's an arc... Like maybe not, it's maybe not the best movie ever made, but at least it's competent. Um, oh yeah, it's it's way better than Sixteen Candles, but that's a low that's ass exactly bar. So not, yeah, not not. Ducky sucks ass. I can't believe anybody <laughs> wanted anyone to See, end no, up with him. See, I always hear anyone talk about how I can't believe uh, Molly Ringwald didn't end up with Ducky. At least now you have the ammunition to be like, fuck you. Did you ever see that movie? We saw it for a podcast. You're fucking crazy. Ducky's a fucking yeah. Queen. Um, mm -hmm. which is funny because, like I said, I actually do like John Pryor's performance. And that's the thing. Yeah, reading up the reviews about this movie, everyone's like, Andy McDowell is fucking. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> she is not in this movie, <laughs> no, no, oddly no. enough. I think I so much desperately would watch. I just want to see Andy McDowell in so many more things. Um. Oh god, yeah, but yeah, people talking about uh, talking up. Uh, uh, Molly Ringwald's performance. Well, like I guess even the critics were like, "This, this Ducky guy's a piece of shit." Like I wouldn't say that's mm. bad. I mean, the character's badly written, but I like John Carter's performance. But yeah, so that fills my two biggest John Hughes gaps. Yeah. There's one last third one, which I've heard some people. Baby's Day Out. <laughs> That'd be great if that's actually. Oh my god. <laughs> there is some kind of wonderful which I might end up doing. Not next time, but sometime. Uh, mm. After I've read up more about John Hughes, because I've heard some people say that it's actually... Uh, I know the plot of that is essentially gender-flipped Pretty in Pink, where it's uh, another love triangle, except this time it's Eric Stoltz as the poor kid on the wrong side of the track who falls in love with the rich girl played by hey, Leah cool. Thompson. And I've heard... One sec, I'll be yeah, right back. I'll be right back. Maybe I'll just talk to the audience. But I've heard people say that is Pretty in Pink, but done better. And so... As much of an evolutionary leap this was from 16 Candles, it would be nice to see how much better um, this would be in Some Kind of Wonderful. Because I also know as in, uh, the one the one scene I've seen from uh, Some Kind of Wonderful, I know uh, Elias Katias, uh, who played Casey Jones in the first um, live-action Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, I know he's in that too. and And I think that is kind of... John Hughes' last uh, teen comedy was was some kind of wonderful, essentially. Like, I know he did, like... Oh, God, what's the movie with Jennifer Connelly in the animated GIF where she's bumping and grinding on the thing? 
career opportunities, which is all sad. Also, John Career. But I know that's even though it's like teen characters, it's not like the teen comedy kind of thing. It doesn't have to deal with the social stuff like the John uh, Hughes's other teen comedies. So, but yeah, just to round out the hat trick and really fill in all the little gaps in my John Hughes knowledge, I think I might do some kind of wonderful after I get this book about John Hughes and read more about the production history of all these movies and stuff because. Yeah, I guess that's the big thing about how John Hughes, he had hoped to make all these, I guess after the success of uh, Sixteen Candles, uh, he had written Pretty in Pink and some kind of wonderful, and some, at least some of the other movies with the hopes that uh, <laughs> Andy McDowell, what? Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell and Anthony Michael Hall would star in them, and they said no, and so he cast <sighs> them with other people, and that's why he decided to stop writing uh, teen comedies. Because he felt so dejected by Molly Ringwald and, and Anthony Michael Hall, and I guess they were such this is so great. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh no, I can see it. Oh no, John Hughes, don't go away. Oh no, please don't. No, no, no please stop. Uh, don't yeah. write it. I loved no, your work wait, so much. Please stop. No. Oh god. So what are we? I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything else I had about that movie, other than Robert Downey Jr.'s Ducky would have been interesting. It uh, definitely would yeah. have been a different kind of would character. Would have been more likable, that's for sure. Yeah, but it's funny because, like, Robert Downey Jr. gives off strong asshole energy, but it would have been funny to see, like, someone, like, leaning into the asshole. At least he's funny. That's uh, the other thing, too, so, yeah. And it would have been interesting to see a version of this movie where Molly Ringwald actually likes Ducky and is just not barely tolerating him throughout the film, because that's the thing! Yeah. Molly Ringwald's not strong enough of a performer to hide her disgust with the actor who played Ducky. True. So that's a, lot, a big part of why their relationship doesn't work and why I'm just like I'm, they were never yeah that was never gonna work so what are we gonna do next uh next we're doing more Disney shorts oh yeah oh yeah I think next week uh I think we might take a break from recording next week so I'm not quite sure we have one episode of Disney through the decades in the hopper I'm not quite sure mm -hmm. if we're gonna do we'll have to figure out exactly what's gonna air next but it'll be yeah, probably yeah, be we'll Disney through the out. decades um, I can't remember what episodes they're going to be. Probably more Goofy Shorts. Yeah, it's, um, uh, let's see. Yeah, because we just did a whole oh, bunch of Goofy Shorts on anything. Yeah, we're in the middle of the 1940s on the Disney for the Decades collection. But yeah, I think yeah, we're also yeah. getting up, like, it was Bambi and Dumbo should be coming down the line sometime soon, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bambi will be the next Disney for the oh, Decades after God, the, the shorts. Oh, God, the two most boring Disney movies ever. Well, we got three Caballeros in between them, at Oh, least. really? Okay, yeah. Which is yeah, not a full-length feature, but it's not a short either. I think it's like 45 minutes three long. Three No, there's the there, there's three caballeros in there. There's also the um, what is it called? Saludos amigos. Yeah. Which I was suggesting we just which I've we never just combine seen. the both of them into one thing. I've never seen Saludos, yeah. which is 42 minutes and I think uh, the one's three like amigos. A... I think is a f full thing. Is it? Oh, yeah. I think so. Well, it's more it. of an advertisement for uh, traveling to Mexico. Yeah. Cause than an actual movie, but I've I've seen. Oh, it's a an hour and eleven. That's minutes. what I'm saying. It's, it's yeah. If you were to combine choice. the two, both of them would be like a full feature length long. But like we could also yeah, uh, that stuff. Yeah, there's parts of the Three Caballeros I like. Yeah. I'm glad they brought yeah. back those characters on the Ducktales cartoon, even though I haven't seen that yet. Um, yeah. I haven't seen them where they show up. I've seen. I need to catch up. I was so excited about the Ducktales cartoon when it came back, and then I got distracted after the first season aired. Um. Yeah, that's easy to do. Do you see the thing about how I guess. When they introduce Huey and Dewey, Huey and Dewey and Louie's mom, like she's singing like the Moon song from DuckTales, the game. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, well, they're I, really leaning into the, 
into the lore of that shit. Oh, there's a lot of... I, it's usually got some bad connotations associated with it, but there's a lot of fan service in DuckTales, but it's good fan service, I feel. Yeah, it's not just... Well, bad fan yeah. service is always when you're using fan service in, store, in, 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 in place of actual telling story and stuff like that in, in lieu of characters. Like, they talk about, in the one episode, they talk about how uh, the bad guys were experimenting on mice with uh, super... making them super genius gun thing that makes you smarter, and it turns out it was Gadget. Oh, that's... Wait. That's not explaining why Rangers. Gadget exists, though, right? It might. I don't know. It just was a way to throw the Rescue Rangers in there. Huh. Oh, which, of course, Rescue Rangers have to show up in that, because how do you do that? Although, it'd be yeah. funny, kind of, because I guess they would be tiny, so you can't, like, it's not like the Rescue Rangers could be, like, flying an airplane with the DuckTales cast, because they're, you know, the scales are different, but it would be kind of nice to see those. Oh, that would be interesting. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'll have to, yeah, I've got the Disney, uh, they, they have, the DuckTales has to be on Disney+, Plus, right? Either the, yeah, the old sure. one or the new one. I didn't even look that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So anyhow, that was pretty. Not pretty and pink. No, it is pretty, yeah, and, pretty pink. and pink. Yeah. That yeah. they all kind of. I've only seen two of them, but they're so interchangeable. <laughs> oh yeah. God. Yeah. And he's Madrid on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Party Podcast on Twitter. Partypodcast.com. All that stuff. Whatever. They say. Chances around, I guess. When you grow up, your heart dies. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the John Hughes movies have been terrible. <laughs> I still, John Hughes I you know, I'm legitimately glad that I'm actually like now I have context for that stuff now. No, though, that's so. fine. I'm gone. I know you I'm don't stupid. care about like yeah, you know, but like for me, that's that's always that the the Pretty in Pink and, and Sixteen Candles War is always two really legitimate like gaps in my pop culture knowledge. I'm glad to have filled in now, for for better yeah, for worse. Good. Yeah. Heck yeah, so next time it's more Disney Plus with very shorts. <laughs> Whatever they are. I haven't bothered to look it up. Something, something, something. I'm lazy. Yeah. Something, a bunch, I think it's a bunch of Disney, or uh, Donald cartoons. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah, Olympic yeah. champ uh, this, 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 As long as it's not all Pluto and Mickey stuff, that seems to be the only stuff that's actually actively bad, but... Yeah. Um, we gotta go watch Artemis Fowl, too. One of these days, oh, there's, uh, yeah, we're gonna catch up to that. There, that mm. there is Mickey's birthday party on the next one. Wait, we just did Mickey's birthday party. Yeah, that's on the next batch of episodes. Mm. That is coming out next time. Is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I forgot we already yeah. talked about the next episode. I just mentioned how we were already recorded the next episode. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, yeah, that's what I was gonna get angry. Like, why did we have to talk about Mickey's birthday party again? Pluto, yeah, we gotta do Pluto eats a dog shit or whatever the fuck he did that. <laughs> Pluto the caddy, yeah. what the fuck? Oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. That's why I forgot we. No, okay, that was yeah. the last one. I am not paying attention to things today. Because I think it's how to baseball, Goofy, how to swim, how to fish, Olympic oh, champ, that's Mickey's right. birthday party, and Donald's tire. It's the, kind of the best of the worst because we get the really good Goofy shorts, but then we also get the really shitty, like one or two really bad Mickey and Pluto shorts. So it all kind of evens yeah. out. Yeah, that's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yep. my god, okay. The story of animated drawing. I got drawing. nothing else. Huh? Uh, there's a 49-minute uh, documentary. It must be an episode of uh, the Disneyland show called uh, The Story of Animated Drawing. I'm just looking to see. Like, I guess they just dumped a whole bunch of new stuff onto Disney+. Plus. And mm. Alton L. Grupo? What the hell is that shit? Okay, I'm just looking to see if there's wow. any new shorts that have dropped in that would fuck up our flow. But yeah, it doesn't look like it. Okay. 
Shut up, Bill. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Anyhow, he's uh, he got nothing left. Go give him money on mudrin.com. No, patreon.com slash mudrin or whatever it is. And go, and go follow the Grumpy Turtle like on Twitter. Sure, whatever. I barely post, so yeah, yeah. you'll get like you should one follow, post you should follow your wife's Instagram account because her photos of herself and your kid are goddamn amazing. You have an it's extraordinarily true. cute kid. He's pretty cute. Yeah. Is it warm enough? You guys were doing you can, like water sports he, outside. He'll, he'll be a guest on next week's podcast. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. He's cute. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I am not a fan of kids. The fact that I love your that's kids true. says a whole lot about how Neither much how cute your son is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that was that. I got nothing. We gotta get out of the No 80s. way to end this. We gotta go back to we the gotta, future. We gotta go glare at some rich people. <laughs> <laughs> you know why the fact that I want to see Andy McDowell's face again makes me so happy? That that's just Andy like, McDowell. Fucking no! I want to see Andy McDowell's face again. That's why I want. I need to see Magic Mike XXL again. Uh, no, the fact oh, that I fucking okay. put up with Molly Ringwald, terrible actress. Mm. Can't believe that John Hughes was so in love with her. <laughs> And and Anthony Michael Hall that he wanted to make like 15 movies with those guys. I can't imagine. Yeah, I I was when you were ta- when you were away. I was talking about how John Hughes wanted to write all these scripts starring um, Molly Ringwald and 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 Anthony Michael Hall. And I can't imagine. I I need to get to the bottom of that because I cannot see those two. I can see Anthony and Michael Hall playing like Ferris Bueller, but like who would who would have Molly Ringwald have been? And like weird science, would she have been the hot babe that they build? <laughs> Impossible. I, yeah, I need because that sounds like bullshit. No, I, but it would have been funny if she was actually one of the scientists or actually one of the like. Oh, that would be kind of well. Anyways, shut up. That's not. We gotta go. Anyway, yeah, we, wrap yeah, we gotta go. We'll see everybody next time back for the Disney stuff. So until then, pop culture. So long, everybody. Take care, guys. Man, I'm not, 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 not,